Blog Talk Radio. Drama rages onward. The Miami Hurricanes have played five straight games in the ACC this season, and every one of them have hung in the balance until the final second ticked off the clock. The Canes lost the first two to Virginia and North Carolina. Now they have posted three wins in a row against North Carolina State, Pittsburgh, and Georgia Tech. That has catapulted Miami into the ACC Coastal Race, as improbable as that seemed a few weeks ago, as the debate rages on about the future of Coach Manny Diaz and Athletic Director Blake James against a very surprising backdrop. Now Miami needs North Carolina to upset Pittsburgh this Thursday night, and that would drop the Panthers into a tie with the Hurricanes in the Coastal at two losses. And then, the following week, Pitt would need to beat Virginia. And voila, if Miami keep winning, the Canes are the Coastal Division champs. Imagine that. But of course, Miami must also survive a trip to Tallahassee this weekend, where a desperate old rival in Florida State awaits to try to make something of its own frustrating season and drive more despair into a Canes nation that doesn't seem to know where to stand amidst the ups and downs of this 2021 season. The win streak, Miami-Florida State. We're going to talk about all of that and more tonight as we embark on a new edition of Canes Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Kane Sport Live. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com. And as always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3550. That's 563-999-3550. We have more than 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate, as always. You know the drill by now. If you want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad. That puts you in the queue. We bring you on the show in the order that you land in that queue. We once again ask the subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we will address them tonight during the course of the evening. So as usual, there's so much on the table as we get together for it live. You have the continued great performances being put up by Tyler Van Dyke. You have the sudden departures of safety Gervin Hall and linebacker Bradley Jennings this past week. You have the state of college football in the state of Florida as well, where suddenly over the last few weeks there's legit debate over which program actually has the least amount of problems. And Miami can make a really strong case. (laughs) Now that you have the emergence of Tyler Van Dyke, and young players like James Williams and Cam Kinchins and Avante Williams. I mean, they're having problems up in Gainesville, folks. You see the problems they're having in Tallahassee. Miami might suddenly be the hottest team in the state. 
And that only makes the decision that is going to be made in the coming weeks by the Miami administration and the Board of Trustees that much tougher. Because it opens up the opportunity to punt. That'll be something that I'm sure we're discussing quite a bit, if not tonight, over the next month. And then, of course, you have Keynes versus Knowles to bite into. Always an interesting subject. So let's get right out to your calls and talk about it. Again, the number is 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We'll begin tonight in the 757. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Hey, hey, how you doing, buddy? How you doing? How you doing? Hey, Meister can give you a shout-out. Hey, Gary, man, your show's good in the morning time. But, man, I love Matt. Because Matt be telling how it is. You know, you like the sugarcoat stuff a lot. Let me get you straight. You go back and forth, back and forth. I, I don't want to hear you a good guy. You don't want to put yourself in no negative or talk bad about this or that. Matt be throwing it out there, and he be making it hard, and he just, he just be bringing the heat. I love the heat he bring. I remember you said yesterday, because I listened to you, he was so negative. He was so negative. Man, the man just saying what he feels. You do sometimes, but you don't do it all the time. Well, you'll go back and forth. I ain't hating on you. Well, but you do what you do. Can, can, let me stop you for a minute, okay? Now, no, you can't stop me tonight, wait, baby. No, I'm not going to let you stop me. One second. Just wait, 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 wait one second. Give me, give, me, give me 10 seconds. I have a question for you. Did you not like? Did you not see them put up 560 yards of offense against Georgia Tech? I got that, and they did good last week, and they did good the week before. But it's just certain things that just drive people crazy. Like we know the the, the, the defense, the defense. That's mainly defense. The defense is good, but damn, they look bad sometimes. I mean, just giving up yards. Them turnovers didn't help. No, they didn't. We should have beat Georgia Tech. He's right. We should have killed Georgia Tech. We should have murdered him. It was 14 9. You know, down, the score should have been 28 9. But it's all good. Keep doing what you're doing. Your show is great. But just come with it. Be like Dave Chappelle. But, you know, I don't, don't get it twisted. And I'm down with Dave. It's all good. We ain't talking bad about nobody. But now, I know you said you upset about the two guys. Just leave it. Let me tell you something. It's a culture problem. I agree. I give you that. But it's kids, man. I work in the schools and the kids crazy as you know what. Nobody has they don't they just different. So they mad because they got benched, but the better players are playing. Well go. And I know what you're saying, Depp, I got you. Man, damn that. Bye. You're a cancer. Get your stuff and go. Jennings was horrible from day one. Hall, he's on ESPN. He's gonna make the top hundred this year. That's not good for him. But, hey, we don't need you in Miami. Let the young boys play. Let's beat Florida State. Five Manny, five Blake. But, like you said, there's going to be some hard stuff there. But I don't care. Get rid of them. Because if we go against Texas A&M at the beginning of next year and get our ass kicked, we right back to where we started from. And I agree right with you there. Hey, yep. right back. So, everybody have a beautiful day at FSU. We're coming for you. Talk to you next time. Later. <laughs> All right, Kane Kane. Man, I wish you hung around a little longer for some conversation because you brought up a lot of really interesting subjects. All right, I'm just going to comment on one or two of them. Like, I understand Gervin Hall played like crap to start the season. Okay, I'm with everybody 100%. But this is a guy that's in the rotation at a position where you're playing three true freshmen, man, and you don't know when you're going to show up to a stadium on Saturday, and those true freshmen are not going to have a clue what the heck they're doing. And... It could happen this week, it might happen the week after, or it might never happen. But the point is, you're a veteran guy on this team. And yeah, you got beat out, whatever. You can't stick around for three more weeks till the end of the season and be part of the team that you've been part of for four years. 
Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't like it. I thought it was a really bad sign. I, I do think it's a culture issue. Uh, and, you know, hopefully it doesn't have uh, repercussions in the Florida State game this weekend. But uh, I know it, it didn't make things better on the defensive side of the ball. And same thing with Jennings. None of us like him. None of us have ever been impressed with him. But they have, not, they have hardly anything at linebacker. I mean, he's one of the, the three linebackers that are playing the most. Uh, how do you walk out on your team like that? It's not Manny Diaz's fault that in your three-plus years here that you haven't d- emerged as a great linebacker. I mean, I don't know, man. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't like, like that at all. Um, Kane Kane also mentioned the Mikester Kane, and I think this is a good time. And he also mentioned Dave Chappelle. So I don't know. Maybe I'm going to try to turn this into a Dave Chappelle, Mikester Kane kind of mix coming up here but Mike Kane, who you know is part of a band is not able to call the show tonight because he has band practice okay um, so he submitted his commentary t- this week and I'm going to go ahead and and and, and uh, stand in for the Mike Kane, and I'm going to read you his always well-crafted commentary that usually either kicks off the show or comes up very early in the show. Hello, Gary. It's the Mikester Kane. How are you? And I don't have a song for you this week, but I do have a commentary that I put together. So here we go again. Another nail biter, another win, another Saturday afternoon, which our blood pressure skyrockets and our hearts race. Ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. Man, how much more of this can Meister Kane, you, and the rest of us Kane's fans out there take? Which reminds me of going to my sister's house in Georgia. And if you've ever been to rural Georgia before, you notice a lot of folks in the roads up there. Yes, I know, that has nothing to do with the Hurricane football program. But here's my point, everybody. The Miami roads up there, or the Miami football program, rather, is headed toward that fork in the road. So the ultimate question is this. What does the administration, if Miami somehow wins the Coastal, wins the ACC championship game, goes to a bowl game and wins, a 10-4 finish, could all that happen? Yes. Are the chances small? Yeah. And what if all these games come down to the wire like the last three did? Without me thinking for a second, most of you know where I stand on this situation. Although I coached wide receivers from my high school in New York years ago, before I joined the band, I still see a lot of mistakes that caused me to sound the alarm. Yes, this defense is quite porous at times. Offensively, terrible play calling in short yarded situations. Keep in mind that this is against average teams, not Georgia. Against Georgia, the chances are we get blown out. With that being said, Mike Sturkane says Miami can do so much better. I think the administration has to see that. Yes, it will require a lot of money, but it's worth every penny. If they, the administration, is determined enough to build it, they will come. The team will win. Recruiting will be so much better. And we'll be rocking to a sold-out Hard Rock Stadium a few years from now with my band out in the parking lot playing at the Kane Sport tailgate party that everybody who listens to Kane Sport Life, Live rather, will attend. If this administration gets its act together and goes down the right road to Mario Cristobal, 
We'll be singing and dancing outside the stadium. The time for planning to go in that direction is now. So I'm at band practice tonight getting ready. The opportunity is here. Don't let this mirage of a roaring back at the second half of the season fool you. I'm sorry to say, but there's just too many red flags to stay the same course next year. Not only that, but the loss of key players will add insult to injury. So I say to the university, don't blow this opportunity. Listen to Mike Sturkane. Listen to us fans. We know you hear the noise. Take the road to Mario. You'll be better off as a university. And that's my commentary for today. All right. I hope I did Mike Sturkane justice with that. As always, we appreciate his contribution to the show. And with that, the number is 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. If you think you can top the Mike Sturkane, who came to us remotely tonight through me, let's go to 941. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? That was excellent, Gary. That was Oh, my so God. Good. <laughs> <laughs> the way you did that, boy, I'll tell you. I'm, wait a minute. I'm so, I'm so joy. You're well, supposed to be I, a band uh, practice. What, what, wait, 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 what kind of baloney is this? Okay, here's what happened. My drummer hurt his hand at work. So he had to go to the doctor, and he can't drum. He can't, he can't play. So he had to cancel, unfortunately. It sucks, but that's... That's what happened. So I was able to call on in. I wasn't expecting you to read my commentary, but I, <laughs> I thought that's why you sent it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's what we were planning, but I wasn't planning for Mike to get hurt at work. <laughs> so, All right. Well, you anyway. you got to talk for a minute because that that wore me out, man. I'm tired. <laughs> I got to take a rest here for a minute. Whoa. Oh, that was some that was some uh, little presentation you put together there, man. Well, uh, yeah, I worked on it. I, I guess I'm good at that sort of thing, you know. I maybe I should have been a newscaster or something like that in the in my earlier years. But uh, yeah, needless to say, though, I I want to give a big shout out to Kane Kane. You rock, brother. You really, really rock, man. I'll tell you, you you got it. Same here with everything. Same here with Adam and Greg. You guys are awesome, man. Shout out to all you guys out there listening tonight. So. Yeah, it is what it is. But anyway, we got FSU coming on up, and I'll tell you, that's going to be a tough game. Why? It's a rivalry game. It is in Tallahassee. I was debating going on up there, but I think it's a little too far from me from Port Charlotte, five and a half hours. So I'm just going to stay here, hang out, watch the game, and uh, hope for the best, dude. <laughs> hope for the best. So, All right, Mike Sturkane. <laughs> Are you rested up there now, bud? <laughs> I am, man. I got, I got my breath back. But, man, oof, that, it's hard impersonating you. That, that's not yeah, easy, man. Well, well, you know, I'm working on the stage presence here. And, you know, since I'm in a band, you know, I got to, you, you know, you got you to gotta present yourself. You got to be aggressive. You know, you got to be really, you know, just got to go out there and do things. Hey, say hi to my daughter. Hi. Hey, how are you? We love your dad. Oh, thank you. That's my daughter, Kaylee. She's a cute 13-year-old child. All right. Does, does, she, does she sing? Does she sing in the band? Uh, she's kind of shy about that sort of thing, but I swear she's got perfect pitch. 
right. Well, yeah, listen. I, if the Canes get if the Canes get get Mario Cristobal, and we're having that tailgate party at Hard Rock Stadium, you tell her that we expect her to sing a song for us. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what song to put on for. It's called "Boys" by the Beatles. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, Mikester. <laughs> All right, Gary. Well, thanks for having me on. Thank you for reading my commentary. And I say peace all to you tonight. And let's go get FSU and try to finish this season right? All right, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care now. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, my God, man. I... I expended all that effort reading his thing, and then he's the, he's the I guess, second caller on the show. Unbelievable. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 305. You are live on Cape Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Good, Gary. How are you? By the hey, way, what's up, Adam? commentary. Did I do okay? I tried. You did a great, great job on commentary. Um, right. Just don't ask me to do things. an Adam. Don't, don't ask me to do an Adam in, oh, uh, no. invitation. Oh no, no, don't worry about it. Um, a couple of things. Why did and this always struck me, and this happened earlier in the year with Pope and Wiggins. So, so you got Wally picked. Why leave the team in the middle of the year? You want to transfer, transfer. That's fine. But Nikosi didn't do that last year. So what do they gain by transferring out early and just leaving the team? And it ticked um, me off when Brian Hightower did it and Darren Owens. I'm guessing so got Wally that's Pitt, the motivation. Here's what I'm guessing the motivation is. I'm guessing the motivation is not risking an injury before you transfer. You know, if you get hurt, you're kind of stuck. You can't. You know, you, you you can't go to your new destination. That that's that's what I'm guessing is the reason. I still don't like it. I think it's selfish. I think you're part of a team that is still playing for something here, as crazy as it seems. Yeah. And I mean, listen, it's crazy. I no argument for me. But they are playing for something still. They do have a legitimate shot at winning the coastal. I mean, if Pitt, if Pitt um, gets upset by North Carolina and then beats Virginia, all very possible. Miami, if they can beat Florida State and win those last two games, is the Coastal champion. I mean, which would be incredible, but that's the way yeah, it would be. Yeah, but then tell the coaches, look, I plan on transferring, but I still want to be around this program. So well, if, if they're not, no, honestly, no, no, Adam, if, if they're not engaged okay. and they're not expending effort, you don't want them around the program because now they're okay. a distraction. Nah. No, okay. you're either all in I'm or all trying, out. I'm trying to look at it as a team player point of view. Yeah. yeah, as a team player, you're all in or you're all out. Okay. And any word on the injury to James Williams? I heard he banged up his shoulder in the Georgia Tech game. Yeah, he was practicing out there with one arm this morning. Uh, you know, clearly, uh, you know, we don't know how serious it is or isn't, but he was at practice in the non-contact jersey, getting mental reps and things like that. The, uh, he'll obviously be trying to play this weekend. How effectively, we don't know. Yeah. And that like gets back to my point. Okay, what if James Williams yeah. can't play this weekend? Mm-hmm. Now what? Now you got to ask Avante Williams to play the entire game? Are you kidding me? I mean, you know, it was well, just so selfish well, of those guys to, to bail out. Like well, that. can't they move like uh, Keytron Smith back to safety or Gilbert Frierson? 
from striker to safety? Because don't they both uh, have I experience? Don't, I don't. I think Amari Carter would be the most likely to go to safety. Uh, okay. If you know, if if if, Just, if they were going to make a move such as that, I mean that that one makes the most sense to me. Okay. And by the way, what a play by Avante Williams on Saturday, just going up and over. I mean, Great having play. both of them in the secondary for the next couple of years is just, you can see the talent. Now, whether yep. it's used or not, it's another question. Um, a couple other things. One, what has the team done about their fumbling issues? Because you had Rambo nearly fumble twice, and we were so much better than Georgia Tech. So what has the team done about those fumbling issues? Because against a better team, we would have lost. Um, we've seen a lot of ball security drills out of practice. Uh, that, that's what they're doing. They're working real hard on ball security drills. Uh, the interesting thing is, and um, this will be on the website tomorrow morning, but you know, we do a weekly blog with Mike Harley. And uh, yeah. Mike thought that the fumbling issues kind of showed up a little bit up at Pittsburgh when a lot of balls were popping out late, you know, we saw uh, there was Will Mallory and a couple others, and uh, maybe, you know, they should have done more ball security drills last week before the Georgia Tech okay. game. And, you know, maybe what we saw against Georgia Tech was a little bit of a continuation of what started up at Pittsburgh. Uh, okay. You know, we don't, we don't know that for sure, obviously, but, uh, you know, there's certainly something to, to think about. And, yeah, so they're doing a lot of ball security drills, um, Harley, you know, we talked to him about it a little bit. He thinks it's a mental thing, you know, just making sure you keep your fundamentals. And, um, you know, the thing is that sometimes in games, um, Adam, fundamentals that yeah. they go over on the practice field over and over and over again, still on game day could, you know, kind of fall apart a little bit. And that's what, that's what I yeah. think happened against Georgia Tech. They just got to get back to protecting the ball properly. Okay, and a couple other things. One, what do you think the biggest key would be for us to win in Tallahassee for the third straight year, or third straight time, fifth overall? Like, what is the biggest key for Miami to get another win up in Tally? They're going to have to play a real solid, uh, you know, game, not, not turn the ball over. Uh, you got to really – you're not going to – you know, this is going to be a much tougher game. Florida State is really good at the line of scrimmage. they got two pretty decent defensive ends. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be quite as easy to score points, uh, you know, as it's been in some of these games. And uh, I think it's going to be a little tougher to move the ball down the field. And the one thing you're not going to be able to do is have turnovers. Okay. And and, and last thing, um, Manny mentioned um, going deep into the transfer portal. Obviously, this is assuming that, he stays if he's fired and hypothetically we get Cristobal, all bets are off. But do you see, obviously we hit a home run with Rambo, which even surprised me. I thought he'd be good. I didn't think he'd be this good. Um, what positions do you see Miami hitting hard in the portal? O-line and linebacker, and that's about it? Uh, I mean, I think they need more than that. I mean, I, you know, if I, if I look at this team um, – I think he, the, you know, you got to really figure out very quickly: is, is Jake Garcia a, a potential portal guy? Uh, I know that sounds crazy since he's a true freshman, and he, yeah. and he, you know, basically just got here. But if you're Jake Garcia and you're looking at this landscape with Tyler Van Dyke playing the way he is and running off these victories, you're sitting there making, definitely thinking about your future at Miami. 
And you're going to have some pretty good teams looking for quarterbacks right now. And uh, I'm, I'm personally very nervous about Jake Garcia leaving. And uh, I think he needs to be given assurances that he's going to be given an uh, even chance to compete despite what's happened this year because he didn't do anything to lose out. You know, he got hurt. Yeah. And he got taken out of the competition. And uh, I don't, you know, think that you necessarily just, you know, by default say as good as he's looked, hey, Tyler, you're the quarterback here for the next three years. I think you got to be fair to Jake and give him a chance to compete. Now, that said, to do that, he's got to stay through the spring, compete at spring practice, yeah. and then evaluate where he's at and decide whether he wants to go in the portal. But I think that's going to remain a fluid situation personally. And I think you can't okay. just let the, to me, you can't let the program get stuck uh, with Tyler Van Dyke and, and, a, and a true freshman, Ja'Curry Brown. Um, so I would consider some kind of quarterback in the portal, me personally. Uh, running backs, I mean, I would, I would get a, if I could get a really good running back in the portal to help Jalen Knighton a little bit, I would do that too. I mean, I'm not convinced that Cody Brown's an answer. Um, I have not heard glowing reviews of Thaddeus Franklin. Uh, Don Chaney seems to always get hurt. We don't know what's up with Cam Harris, how he's going to come back from that knee injury. Uh, if I can get like a Charleston Rambo level running back in the portal, I would do that also and not worry about hurting anybody's feelings. I think they need a number one receiver like Rambo in the portal if they can get one. I love all the receivers on the roster, a lot of depth. I'm not sure that there's another Charleston Rambo who's been a clear number one receiver okay. this year. Um, you know, I love like Restrepo, I love Brinson, I love Jacoby George. I am not sure Keyshawn Smith, love them all. They're all going to be in the rotation the next yeah. few years. Um, I'm personally not convinced that any of them are a, a number one. And by a number one, I'm talking about a guy like Charleston Rambo, who's capable of putting 200 yards up against Georgia Tech last week, who had a phenomenal game. I think it was against Pittsburgh as well. Rambo is yeah. playing unbelievable football. He is a clear-cut number one receiver for this team next year. I'm not sure they have one for next year. I'd be looking in the, in the portal for that. Um, I think there figures to be attrition at tight end. And while I, I, I think Mallory will be back and Arroyo will be back, uh, I'm not sure they don't need a third guy there. Uh, offensive line, you don't, obviously. You, Adam, Barry, hold huh? on, hold on. Yeah. You don't like Namorelli? I think he's, he's, he sees. You don't know what you have there. He's been hurt. He, you don't okay. like. You just don't. You don't know. I mean, uh, you know. I you know until somebody okay. shows me that there's something. I mean, how do we know? Um, and and let's not forget that there's going to be guys leaving and going okay. out into the portal as well. Okay. Uh, okay. And like Larry Hodges, would, I would think would be a yeah. candidate to hit the portal. Um, Memorelli, I'm not sure. Um, but okay. if you're looking at Arroyo there and you know Mallory's coming back for a year and you know you're not going to play for a couple of years, who the heck knows? Like with, the, with this one-year transfer thing, you've got to be prepared for anything, in my opinion. And I don't think you take anything off the table. And now getting to the offensive line, if, if, if something crazy does happen and Mario Cristobal does come here, I guarantee you he is hitting yeah. the portal hard for offensive linemen. Yeah. And I think that uh, Manny Diaz should too. Uh, I don't – I think you got to hit hit it for defensive linemen, both tackles and ends. I don't think you just say, "Hey, we're good enough there." You definitely are looking for linebackers. I don't think you know that there's any question yeah. about that. I'm looking for cornerbacks as well, and maybe even one more safety. How about that? Because I think James wow. Williams. Yeah. I think James Williams ultimately has to go to linebacker. He's got to go to outside linebacker. I I just I don't see him. 
as a safety. I know he. I hope he's not listening because okay. he'll be mad at me. I know how badly he wants to play there. Yeah. But I see James Williams as an impact outside linebacker, a guy that could be maybe even a first-round draft pick as an outside linebacker with all the things so, that he can do. And I think he's doing himself an injustice if he stays at safety, so we'll see what happens. But basically, Adam, to sum it all up, I'm looking at everything, okay, everything. man, because, this, because okay. this roster is not even close to competing against anybody any good with all respects to these narrow victories in the ACC Coastal yeah. uh, against teams that none of which are top 25 teams. Okay. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I watched some of the Florida State game, and it's not like Florida State really wowed me on, against NC State, and we could easily beat FSU. But it's a rivalry game. You're right, and anything can happen. And then, obviously, Vodtech and Duke. Vodtech looked awful against the BC, and Duke is Duke. So definitely can see us running the table. Yeah, I mean, if they get, well, listen, if they get through this Florida State game, I mean, yeah. I think Virginia Tech has checked out. I, I think the coaches have checked out. I think uh, Justin Fuente knows he's getting fired. I watched their game the other night, uh, and they're down at Boston College by two touchdowns. Yeah. And seven minutes are left in the game, and they're running the ball into the middle, essentially, to kill the clock, yeah. thinking we have no shot to win this game. And that was the most, um, one of the most unbelievable things I've seen this entire yeah. season. I mean, how in the world do you do that? And that tells me that they have just – checked out and are just playing out the string and he knows he's getting fired and uh, he's ready to get the heck out of there. Okay. And then Duke, you're going to have to screw up really bad at him to lose that game. Yeah. Although they did play well for a half against Ted. I give him that. Yeah. Um, well, well, thanks again for taking my call, Gary. Have a great rest of the show. All right, Adam. Thanks for being part of the show, man. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 786. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, great start to the show tonight. I don't know who this is, everything? Yeah, buddy, how are you, my friend? Doing good. What's going on, man? What you got for us? Great show, man. Great show. Love what Kane, Kane had to offer, and... Uh... I, 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 I was worried about you. I didn't know if your heart rate was going, you know, over a hundred there while you were reading off Mike Mike's King statement there. That was I was That's a, concerned for you, buddy. Yeah, man. That was I had to I had to I had to do the Mike Kane justice. <laughs> and then for him well, to still did, come, did, for him to be sitting there on the uh, in the queue was just unbelievable. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! I just went through that whole thing. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> and he could have done it his damn self. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. I, I, I don't like to talk about, you know, all the coaching stuff and all that because, you know, that's not where my energy's at. That's not where my focus is. But uh, if we do have that, uh, if you do have that King Sport tailgate, I'll be there, Gary. I'll be <laughs> there, brother. Uh, all right. Question for you. Biggest concern that I have is their defensive line this weekend. Is that your biggest concern, or is it your biggest concern is how Tyler's going to react to what they do defensively? You're talking about the Florida State defensive line, right? Yeah, we're, talk, we're talking FSU, Gary. Nothing else. Yeah, right 100%. I, I, I think Florida State's defensive line is a huge concern in this game, much more so 
than the last couple games that they've played because those teams, Georgia Tech and Pittsburgh, did not have good defensive lines. And that's why Miami's offensive line looks so much better because they they were playing competition that they could deal with. Uh, this is going to be a different beast on Saturday. And uh, we saw how the offensive line struggled earlier in the season against quality defensive lines. And, and I'm expecting them to struggle on Saturday. I, I think this is a tough matchup for them. Uh, those defensive ends for Florida State can bring it. Uh, they're going to come after Tyler Van Dyke. You know that. You know they're not going to just sit there and let him pick them apart. And uh, the offensive line is going to have to hold up. And the running backs are going to have to hold up, too. And Jalen Knighton is not a big running back. So if you're Florida State's defensive coaches, you're sitting there thinking, man, we're going to make this kid do blitz pickups. We're going to, we're going to beat, beat, beat the crap out of this offensive line that's not any good. And we are going after Tyler Van Dyke. Well, and that, that's the game plan that we've all, I mean, any of us that has been watching their, their team play this year. We know what their strengths are. But that defensive line is unique in that the defensive tackle transfer that they brought in, he's going to give our interior fits, okay? So let's talk about communication on, on that end. Then you got the kiss from, from Georgia who, you know, is going to be one-on-one, and he's going to give each one of those guys fits. So then you talk about all the blitz packages they're going to bring. So here's my point. You can't. You can't go in thinking that you're going to run the ball against this team. You have to accept that your strength is your passing game. And with that, with an aggressive defense like this, there are a couple of plays that you always want to utilize to get them to overcommit and open the well. Look for more screens in the quick passing game, Gary. Look to have a two-back set with Burchard. I don't know why it's taken him this long to incorporate him in the offense other than jet sweeps. It's time to go ahead and put more pressure on these defenses at every level. And, and his, his last, let's be honest, his last three games and the second half against North Carolina, he went ahead and he gave this kid every chance. He opened the playbook up and said, just go get him. You're not going to have the same amount of time that you've had in those games. So everything's going to be much quicker. Gary, perimeter screens, bubble screens, screens to the running back, tight end screens. Those things are all available against this team. I watched them against Clemson. Clemson's offense is pretty horrific. But when they executed their screens well, they got big, big chunk plays. And we've got enough guys that are decent after they catch the ball. So if, if this is not going to be part of his scripted 15 plays going in, it's going to be an extremely, very, extremely difficult night. I, I, I hate to share this with you all, but I, I said this about three weeks ago. On opening night in college football, the best team in the state of Florida, in my opinion, that night was Florida State. They lost the game to Notre Dame. I get that. But the defensive line that scared me the most was their defensive line, not Florida's. And boy, was I attacked for that on, on social media on different platforms, but they've convinced, those three guys have been consistent. They're disruptive as hell. You've got to get, you got to scheme for those guys, but you've got to go back to what you do well, which is throw the ball. We're not going to run the ball well against this team. It's just not going to happen, Gary. Yep. Uh, I think it's a tough matchup. 
I really do. I, I think it's going to be another one of these games that goes deep into the fourth quarter. I and I don't want to be down fourteen nothing at the end of one. And, and unfortunately, that's what I see happening here. Mm-hmm. And what happens with a team like that, they get a little bit overconfident, then they let us back in a little bit because they will let us back in. You've got to be able to attack this team early and make sure that you are forcing them to throw the ball as well. People are saying, well, their quarterback, is he's a joke. He's, he's horrific. Their quarterback possesses a skill set that gives our defense the most fits because the quarterback can run. And, that, and he can buy time with his feet. Not the best passer, but against our defense, you know, the best passer in college football right now, yeah, he threw 500 yards. But the next best guy ran for about 100-something and threw for over 300-something. We, we've got to go ahead and understand, our defense is not going to be able to stifle their offense. It's not going to happen. It's just try to contain them and not let them go off. So if this game is, is in the 30s, we have a chance to win. But if it's in the 20, there's no way in hell we're winning that game, Gary. It's got to be either our offense is explosive early on and is able to hang on in the fourth quarter, or we're losing this game. Well, it's going to be interesting. I, I Like I said, I think it's going to be another you know coin flip game. And you win some of those, you lose some of them. So you know we'll see what happens. Special teams, we have not made any progress on our special teams. Our punt, our punt, our flipping the field has gotten worse. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. We're not yeah, he hasn't kicked as well the last ago. week or so. He hasn't. He really has not. And I'll tell you what, what, the, what the deal is. The, uh, the counters that they're doing to him, they're sending one guy up, and they're bringing everybody on the edge. So when he rolls out, he, if you look at him, he's peeking now. Now he's worried. He hasn't been like that since he's been here. So he's not getting the full extension on his punt. It's almost as if he's just doing a quick boot. He's not really, and especially with the Australian rules kick that he normally does, that's not even coming off his foot well. So, you know, and then you look at our, our, our coverage units, you have two more kids lead the team. So now these young kids that are playing so much, now they've got to play on specials as well as play all the snaps on defense. Gary, it's, it's a major indictment on the to leave their, their teammates as you're, all, you're within reach of playing for something special and you bail on your guys. That's the character that Manny should have seen from these kids early on and not wasted his time this year playing all these older guys to begin with and playing the younger guys. Because evidently the fabric of that fiber was evident way back when. You know, and, and that to me is, is telling of where we're at. And I don't like to get into it because I'm worried about Florida State, not worried about what happens on Thursday night between Pittsburgh and Carolina. I don't give a crap about any of that. I'm worried about my guys. And I want my guys executing at the highest level possible. And I think Mike Sirkane brought up, or maybe it was Adam brought up, you know, ball security. If that hasn't been the biggest emphasis this week on the offensive side of the ball, then, yes, then, then I have no idea what the hell is going on. It better it be a been. primary. It better be a primary focus. Because 
plays are going to be there to be made. Those three guys on the defensive line, Florida State, don't play every snap, Gary. Look at their snap count. Okay, they're, 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 they're getting the majority of them, but they are getting reps. More so than what we did with Jordan Phillips last year and the year before that with Rousseau. So there are going to be opportunities there. You've got to capitalize on it, and you've got to make sure you're not turning the damn ball over. I'm hoping that we win this game, but if it's not in the 30s, Gary, it's, it's, if it's in the 20s, it's an ugly game, and I, and I see them getting the benefit of the doubt. And, and I hate to hear, I haven't seen this, this fan base gets so goddamn pathetic at times. There's a, there's a component of this fan base that has created a web account or a social media account totally defaming this Borgalis kid who's a freshman. What in God's name is wrong with these people? Because he's had a couple First kicks hit the, left up, hit the left upright? I mean, come on, man. Hey, I get you. But, but this is why great kids don't want to come here. He knows. You don't think the, the kid doesn't think. We all know he knows what the, what the hell he's done wrong. And if you want to get more specific about things, he got right into it against Virginia. And we're going to go ahead and attack this kid and create a web page? What the hell's wrong with people? I haven't seen that. What, what page man. are you talking about? I, I saw somebody retweeted it, and I just saw it, and I saw the mom reply to it, and I just, I was disgusted. I didn't I see it. It was, it, was, it was an actual flag, web page? You know? Actual web page or a, like a site or something or a, a Twitter page. I don't know. One of those social things. I'm like, you know what? What in God's name is going on? Freaking 18-year-old kid. And the kid's got the, one of the best legs in all of college football. He's a baby still. He'll get it. But, you know, it's better to have a kid that's not being attacked on the road in trailer Hassey when he has a chance to hit the game winner from 46 away, you know? Let's not go ahead and attack a kid. kid knows he's screwed up. He's the best we got. And let me tell you something. Tons of schools would love to have him, Gary, right now. So that crap's got to stop. Besides that, let's go ahead and kick their ass. Thanks, Steve. Be well, my friend. All right, everything. Thank you for being part of the show, as always. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 845. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, Gary. How are you doing? Hey, what's up, Greg? How are you doing this week, man? Good. I'll make it quick. Um, is there any wonder James Williams has a bad shoulder? You see how he tackles, throws his shoulder almost every time. I mean, he's not a good tackler, Gary. Okay, I agree with you. He should be a linebacker. I think he could be a monster linebacker, Greg. I, I don't think he's going to be a monster safety. I don't think he's got the foot speed. I think he would be a monster outside linebacker. I agree. Okay. Can you explain to me why we would give the ball to Rooster 32 times? You've you got to be kidding me. Desperation, they couldn't Greg. Stop us in the air. They couldn't stop us in the air. So it, it, I'm des, des, desperation, man. I mean, the kid was playing great. Like, I, I know they were doing well through the air, but it's not like Rooster wasn't peeling off big gains, too. I mean, but they, they were life or death to win that game, man. They had, to give, they, 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 they had to give it everything they could. 
Now, what they should stop doing is having him pounded into the middle like that in short yardage. Like that's that that's exposing him to extra pounding that you don't need to do. And I don't like Cody Brown. He does nothing for me. And Thad Franklin, from what I understand, has been struggling all year at practice. And, you know, I don't think the coaches are real high on him right now. So they don't really have a ton at running back, Greg. They don't have a lot of options. Okay. Uh, does any does Lashley believe in uh, going on the center on short yardage? Apparently not. Why are we? It's ridiculous. Why? I don't the know. NFL, I, I, he, it all the time. It's ridiculous. Know. Tom Brady sneaks every time and makes it. He's 44 years old. I know. It's mind-boggling. It's just ridiculous. Like you said this morning, they could have had 800 yards of offense if they made first downs on those third and ones. Yeah. It, it's, it's unreal. Okay, you, how about the fact, how many times in that game did Georgia Tech come up with a mysterious injury after it came up with a big play? It obviously was a strategy. They, they, they took that from FIU a few, years, a few uh, years ago when they did that. Okay. How, I, somebody on the board had a good point. He said, if you, have to come, if you need medical attention, you can't come back till that drive is over. Okay? So that will put an end to that. Yeah, but you can't okay. do that either. I mean, what if a kid legitimately, you know, gets a stinger or has to come out for a play or tweaks an ankle or something? You can't say, oh, you can't come back in that series. That, you can't do that either. Yeah, it's a stinger is going to come back in on the next play? You've you got to be kidding. Why? Uh, mm. No, so the know, thing is, it makes a mockery of the game, Gary. I understand, but it doesn't I mean, happen a lot. Okay. All right. My last, I want to bring up a point about that, your basketball team, okay? I heard what you said this morning, how you think they're going to be a good team. You say the football team doesn't have any elite talent. Where the hell is the elite talent on the basketball team? Um, well, all right, uh, elite, elite, I don't know. I mean, Isaiah Wong's a kid that they're talking about as a potential first team, all ACC, uh, Charlie Moore, the point guard is a veteran kid that's played a lot of college basketball and he could distribute the ball. He can shoot. I like him quite a bit. Uh, Cam Magusti, uh, figures that is an older kid who's played a lot of college basketball. He should have a, a great season. Um, this Jordan Miller kid from George Mason has a really nice game. I like his game. Um, Wardenberg's coming back as a stretch five, a guy that can hit, hit the three and, and it's an older kid who's played a lot of college basketball. Uh, they've got a lot of guys that can play. And, and I think that, um, if it all comes together, they're going to have to feel their way through this early part of the season. Uh, I know they're only beating uh, Canisius by 10 right now, early in the second half. Uh, but uh, I think if, if they can figure out their team and, and, de and defense and what works best, I think that they can be maybe the fourth or fifth best team in the ACC this year and make the NCAA tournament. Okay, you also said the short one, a uh, big guy. Why did they yeah. let Nasir Brooks leave? 
They he's didn't. A, they didn't let him. They didn't let him. He, he decided to leave. Why are they? Why are all these players? You're talking about the football team. Why did Likes leave? Why did Timberlake leave? Why that other? Because last year was a mess. Last year was an absolute mess, and you know, Likes got hurt, and and and. You know, Timberlake didn't have a great year. The other freshman left early, and uh, he had problems and was a head case. And the whole year was just a disaster. Okay. And uh, and also, there were a lot of issues in the training room also, by the way. A lot of injury issues and a lot of kids unhappy with, you know, what was going on in the training room. And that was a problem as well. They had to change the trainer out. I have a lot of respect for Jim Laranaga, but let's be honest. Since he's been here, how many great players has he recruited? Lonnie Walker and Bruce Brown. That's it. Who else? Those are the only two in the NBA that are halfway decent. You're talking about bad recruiting in football. How about basketball? Well, they haven't I mean, one. they've never gone past the Sweet Sixteen. I understand, but I mean, they also, they, they, they won the ACC year. that one year. I mean, that was a great accomplishment. I mean, ten nine years Greg, ago, this is Gary. this is this is Miami, man. If you're if you're reaching the Sweet Sixteen, you're doing pretty damn good. He got to the Final Four with George Mason. Things got to fall your way. When, when Once you hit the sixth Sweet 16, you know, you're right there. It's just things got to go your way. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I have, the jury's out on this team. Yeah, yeah of course the jury's the way, out. They had a horrible season last year. I'm just saying I think they're going to have a good year this year. What about the last two, three years have been horrendous? Well, that's you know what happened, right? You, you follow you okay. follow it enough to know what happened. They got derailed by the FBI. They lost two yeah. recruiting classes, Greg. Okay. One one quick thing about Jake Garcia leaving. If Tyler Van Dyke continues to progress, he could leave after next year. Okay? He can leave for the NFL after next year. So why would Jake Garcia leave? He's one injury away from playing, first of all. And uh, after that, it's his team. So I don't know. I'll let you go. Thank you. Well, they will have class separation. I will say that. I mean, Jake's going to obviously redshirt this year, and uh, they will have class separation. So that helps. And, you know, like you said, yeah, I mean, you know, Jake could still be looking at being the quarterback here two years at some point here. So maybe he won't leave. I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying this is the kid that's never been shy about moving on to a new destination. I mean, he switched high school twice in his senior year. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was, he was committed to USC and switched to Miami. I mean, he's not shy about making changes. So we'll see. All right, Greg. Right, stop with, stop no, overrating Florida State. They stink. They got three wins. Is, is, is Georgia really? Tech any good? Were you impressed with Georgia Tech? Gary, we like Georgia. We had three turnovers, Gary. Come on. If that, yeah, I, 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 I understand the circumstances, but that was a game that was in doubt. It's deep into the fourth quarter. Manny Stinks is a coach, okay? 
Let him okay, go well, Manny, court, if you're right, going Manny's to... going to be on the sideline Saturday. So we'll see what happens. All right. Have a good day. All right, Greg. Thank you. Wow, we gotta we gotta get Greg to come. We gotta bring Greg on Good Morning Cane Sport. Let him go at it with Matt. <laughs> Matt I've been teasing Matt. Matt's been um, a little beaten. Matt was Matt was rattled by that Georgia Tech game, and I understand why. I mean, that's a team they should have killed. Okay, that quarterback. I don't. That kid. That kid must have gone out on South Beach on uh, Friday night. I mean, I, I, I've tried to call some people at Club Live and ask if they saw him over at Club Live or something because that kid looked horrendous and looked like he did not belong as a major college quarterback. And he's a kid that Georgia Tech has built their program around. Um, so how the heck that game ended up being what it was, I have no idea. But, uh, Greg, you, have, you, you, know, you, you definitely justified him being a little, a little grouchy this week, no doubt about it. 563 You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's your boy, Sebastian, man. This was my day. What is going <laughs> I don't on, Sebastian? remember, man. I caught what I called uh, Manny being fired after the Georgia Tech game, so I was wrong. And so I, I definitely oh, was this give the, it up was to, this the week you were supposed to be the first caller? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was the week I was supposed to be the first caller. I thought Georgia Tech was going to blow us out of the water, and I was oh. just completely wrong. So, I, you know, I, this is almost like a positive call. You know, my hats off to him. My hats off to him. I, I, I was, I was like Matt, you know, just frazzled, thinking that we could we could lose such a winnable game, and uh, but we pulled it out, and. I mean, the kids got to feel good about going up to Tallahassee and really playing for something, right? Instead of having the whole mood just completely, completely bad. Gary, when we talked last week, you was like, uh, you know, everybody was on a sourpuss mood, and you was like, what in the world can change it? Is there anything possible that can happen? And um, I don't want to count my chickens before I hatch, but if they keep winning, they win the ACC. They win a bowl game, you know, your whole content is going to have to change completely. Well, let's let's take one week at a time. Got to get through Florida State this you know, week. You know, and 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 and, that, and that's the right uh, right approach uh, to have uh, to be able to do that. I, I, I guess this this is what I want to talk about tonight is, you know, you know, a lot of the Kane success has been through transfer portal, and. So that means that whatever we've been doing recruiting just is not working. And so uh, I wonder what kind of conversations, if any, is the coaching staff kind of having in relation to how do they evaluate players and how do they bring players into their football program? Because if nobody's looking at that, then I don't see how we ever get better. Sebastian, to to my eye, unless unless I'm missing something, like the whole – uh, recruiting department, like they have great player relation guys. Like they get, they got like David Cooney and Edwin Pata, um, even Mike Rumpf. I mean, they're okay in player relation guys. What I don't see in the building is an NFL level talent evaluator. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 and the guy that's running recruiting, I mean, I, I mean, I, I've, I've been, I've, sh- I've shook my head from the day he got hired. I, I mean, he came, I think, from Arizona State. I don't know. 
you know what I mean he had a he had a relationship I guess with Manny going back a while and and that you know Manny gave him a job here but you can't just put anybody in charge of the recruiting department okay like you got to have guys that know what the heck they're doing in there that can watch tape can can do proper evaluations can um, that know people in the schools and can make phone calls and do background checks and find out about things like character and things like that. Like, you know, recruiting is not something to be taken half-assed, I'll tell you that. And, you know, my opinion is that at Miami for many, many years, recruiting has been taken half-assed. And, and the proof is in the pudding. I mean, look at the recruiting classes of the last 10 years. Every year, it's like they've recruited half a class. If you look at the production that comes out of recruiting, it's, it's like they're, they have been on literally on self-imposed probation going on seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. I mean, and, and it's unacceptable. You can't have a top-shelf football program running recruiting the way it's run at Miami. And, and, and that's the first thing that needs to be fixed. You know, you know when, when, and you're spot on, because when I look at recruiting, I mean, it's horrible to look at, like, the players that they're recruiting and they're giving offers to, because I'm just like, we, we know this thing is not going to work. I mean, like, when I saw Larry Hodges, there's nothing wrong with, nothing against that kid. I don't want to try to insult him or his family or something like that. But I'm like, that just does not look like an NFL tight end. That's, that's my mindset. Every kid that we offer, can you see this uh, individual playing on Sunday? And when you're recruiting 5'9", five, 5'10", five, linebackers, I'm like, that's not what's going to the league. That's not what's going off to the NFL. And too many times we're passing up on kids that has the measurables they must have. They must be a head case, or there must be something behind them. I just don't understand how recruiting, like Jalen Harrell. I mean, we fought so hard to get him from Florida State and fought off Georgia Tech, and he never sees the field. And we're talking about we down safeties or whatnot. Was he not a safety when he was recruited? You know, could he just absolutely not play the position? Is what's going on there? Like, uh, it makes absolutely no sense to me. But I'm gonna spin it positively. You know. How about the kid that left last week? The defensive tackle is a true freshman. I mean, from North Carolina, like yeah. that was a kid they reached for, and he and boom, just like that, poof, he's gone. Like I, you would have never known that yeah. kid was even in the program. The thing about it is, I'm just like, was there just absolutely no kid in the state that you could have took a chance on instead of going for him? Like, I mean, like, I mean, did you see him play a lot? Was was he like you know somebody that you scouted for a couple of years, or was it just somebody that says, "Hey, here's my film, and you know I'd love to be a hurricane, and you know, and that's what we're doing." I'm just like, I just, I just, I, I just, I just don't get it. I, this I stuff really, keeps going on year it. after year after year, and everybody just shrugs their shoulders. Oh well, you know. Another one, you know, you know, all right, we'll, we'll replace them in the portal or whatever. And then they wonder why new seasons come and their life or death to go eight and four or seven and five, or they go six yeah. and six or, you know, seven and six or six and seven. And, you know, you know, of, of course, that's what's going to be the byproduct of conducting business at that kind of level. I look at the last two years. If we don't get Derrick King, we're not an eight-win. We're not an eight-win football team. If no chance. That would have been, been a five-win team last year. Five wins. Right. It, 
And if we don't get Charleston Rambo this year, no telling what our record would be like. And so um, I don't know. I don't know what you guys get a chance to when you talk to the coaches or really kind of dig into the program. I mean, you have to be seeing this stuff. You have to stop back and say, look at my last five recruiting classes. And if I'm only hitting on 40% of the kids that I'm recruiting, that's what needs to get overhauled because this is not sustainable. You know, you never know where injuries are going to come. You got to have backups that are ready to come in that are, you know, that's going to be ready to play in a year or two. And if you're not doing that or whatnot, just trying to do a Band-Aid on it, never going to get us to the point that we're going to be kind of like over the top. Um, uh, before you put the whole, what's your, what, what's your prediction for this week? Do we win? Do we lose? I know you never like to give out scores. Flip, flip a coin, Sebastian. Got to give it to you. Flip a coin. That's what I think about this week. I think I think if we're not leading after the first quarter, it's going to be ugly. If we're leaving that, if we're leading after the first quarter, I think it's going to probably come down to a Boral Gilles field goal. That, 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 you know, I think I, I think they're playing a but, Florida State team that's been playing better. They got derailed a little bit last week by by some uh, a virus that uh, afflicted some of the play, key players and stuff, and they were not um, at full strength for their game last week against NC State, which is a very good team, as we know. And I think they're getting those guys back this week, and I think that um, that they are due for a very good game, and I am expecting it to go right down to the wire like all of them. Okay. All right, Gary, man, it's a good show, man. Um, you know, like I said, I hope uh, next week is going to be uh... – it's going to be good. But remember, this was my weekend that I predicted. So if we get toasted by Florida State, I may be a week too late. So we'll see. Give me a hold, All right, man. Sebastian. Thank you for being part of the show, man. All right, 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. As we head into hour number two, let's go to the 213. You're live on Kane Sport Live. <laughs> Yes, the two one three. Uh that's you, man. Who's yes, this? Uh Peter from LA calling again. Hey hey, what's up, Peter? Welcome back, man. Oh, hey, happy to be back. You guys got me hooked on uh on the call in approach instead of just the listen later approach. Yeah, man, it's fun calling in and it's fun for us because we get to hear different voices. Definitely, definitely. Well unfortunately you're stuck with mine for the next minute or two. Um <laughs> All right. We'll make the best of it. I, well, I'll do what I can. I'm I'm happy that those guys left. I, I hope more of them leave. It's kind of embarrassing for probably themselves. If I mean, it's one of those things they're going to probably look back at when they're 25 and go, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I looked like an idiot doing that. <laughs> but they they got to start the wheel moving. There are guys, there's guys who play. That I just can't even understand. I don't want to get after name and names and stuff like that, but. We were talking about, you know, we're going to have to have a small class and, you know, morning canes, and so they should get rid of 15 guys and be able to bring in some new blood. Well, they're they're helping that. You know, there's just – I'm getting a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. I don't see a loss in these next three games. I'm scared to death. Talk me off the ledge. <laughs> what, you mean because you're cheering for a loss? I'm not cheering for a loss, but I honestly – don't see the status quo system as being sustainable. I mean, I think it was Greg said, oh, Florida State sucks or three and nine. We could easily be, or three and six, we could easily be that. We could so easily be a three-win team right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it could have happened, but it didn't. 
They've had they've had they five did. coin toss games in the in the row, and they've won uh, three of them. They they have. It's uh, I don't know. I I I think that. Here's what I think, Peter. I think you got to detach from the order that these games have been played. And I think that, you know, the challenge for the administration and the board of trustees is going to be to look at the entire body of work and not get caught up in the order that the games were played, but look at actually what really happened. And the fact of the matter is this. The best team that you played, Alabama, which is one of the top couple teams in the country, couldn't even begin to compete with. You were totally outclassed from the second you stepped on the field. Okay, so you know that. Okay, not even close to being a top five or top ten team. I think we knew that going in. Um, Getting killed in the fourth quarter against Michigan State, and I still think that's going to end up being a three-loss team. Same deal with them. You can't get caught up in the order that the games are played. You've got to look at the whole body of work. Uh, they lost to Purdue. I think they're going to lose to, to um, um, Ohio State, and I think they're going to lose to Penn State. Uh, that's just what I'm expecting right now. And then we'll see who they play in a bowl game. But, uh, you know, that's a, that's a good team, a good college football team. They're a top 20 team, and they come into your home stadium, and they ran you off the field in the fourth quarter. Uh, they went into Purdue last week and got beat. Purdue is an average team in college football. But they were able to beat Michigan State at home. Miami should have been able to beat Michigan State at home. Okay, then you're in coin flip games every week in an ACC that doesn't have a top 25 team this year. Just an average conference full of average teams, and you're just one of the pack. Okay, so they got to make a decision. Number one, what do they want to be? And number two, once they figure out what they want to be, if it's better than what they are right now, can Manny Diaz take them there? And if they come to the conclusion that the answer to that question is no, then they got to summon the willpower to if they are if they can do something about it now, they got to do something about it now. And I don't think you change just to change. I, I think the only I think you replace Manny Diaz if you can hire somebody better. Okay, this doesn't have to be, oh, I'm going to go spend a quarter million dollars and hire a search firm and, you know, go through all of that in this situation to end up with another Al Golden or Manny Diaz. I think you've got to target a couple guys, and I think you've got to make inquiries on a couple guys that you have experts identify for you as guys that could come into the Miami program and, and turn it into an elite program. One of those is very obvious, without question. Um, and you know whether they can get him or not at this point, I think is still still to be determined. But that would be a targeted uh, pursuit, and that's what I think they need to do right now. And they need to figure out uh, if they don't think that Manny could take them into the top ten, then they got to look to see if they can get somebody better. And if they can't, then they should stick with Manny for another year. And I know people get mad at me when I say that, but to just make a change to make a change, give another guy that isn't good enough a five-year contract, have to sit here and wait three or four years to figure out that he's not good enough and be in the same exact place as they've been for the last 18, 19 years, accomplishes absolutely nothing to me. Uh, that's why I have the opinion I have. If, if, if I'm running UM football and UM athletics right now, I'm, making the, an, I'm answering those first two questions. 
I'm probably answering the second one and saying, no, I don't think that this is re- reality. I don't think that Manny can get this program to a place where it's in the top ten every year. And I'm calling and I'm seeing if, if, if the Mario Cristobal camp will listen to me. And if the answer there is no, then I'm looking and I'm saying, okay, who else can I consider and make an inquiry about that can accomplish the same thing? And if I can't pull that off, then I punt for a year. That's just me. Well, here's my concern with that. I mean, obviously, if you and I were in charge, that's what would be happening. My concern is we know who's in charge, and it isn't pretty. And we're going to get into a who point now with charge, like Manny – Peter, who do you think's in charge? And wait, and, you there? And, Peter, you there? Yeah, wait no, minute, I was, Peter. I was, I was, I was giving blank names because. Well, who do you think is you in know, charge of the of the of, the, uh, of University of Miami Athletics right now? I don't know. I mean, like, I know who isn't in charge, and that's Blake James. It's, I don't think that that liaison from the board of trustees is really in charge. I think there's probably some little. I think the president the board of trustees is in charge. You think the president's I, fact, office I, I, is in charge, I, I, seriously? The president's office is in charge at the moment, yes. And you think they, that, that guy's engaged in this? 100% is he, he's engaged. Absolutely. Wow. Um, very actively engaged. Because like competently if they're going to do something if they're, this year, Peter, they've got to be ready to move in three weeks. Right? I think and – and a lot of universities across the country kind of fall into this – mindset where a coach has to justify being terminated so they'll waffle well now we're kind of at a point where we saw what manny said earlier this week you know oh well you know the the blake james situation kind of throwing my job security under the bus hurts recruiting so we've got what one year left on the contract if he survives this year i think we're looking at you know that kind of extension conversation for the sake of his ability to manage the program and recruit which he doesn't do well anyway and that's kind of a big concern for me because if they if they extend him, they're not going to can him next year. We're probably looking at two more. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I don't. Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be a rush to extend. I I, I think if there's a if if it became a show extension, uh, it, it's really almost irrelevant. What really matters is the buyout, and um, I th- I think there's a lot to prove there before the University of Miami does anything that involves a serious commitment. I'll believe you. You know better than I do. That's why I call and listen. But, but that said, if, if they finish the, the season with six straight wins, I mean, it's going, to be hard, it's going to be hard for them to pull the trigger. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't do it. I think they've got to decide what they want to be. And if you want to be a top ten program year after year after year, and, you know, then, then you've got to put your big boy big boy pants on and be willing to take any hits that anybody might give you and say, Oh, how do you fire a, a coach that just won six straight games? And I think you gotta, you gotta make a move. But if, if that's not what your agenda is and you sit there and, 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 and say, well, we, you know, we think that maybe he can do this. He just won six straight games. Then I think they would let him come back. Yeah. I, save him, a lot, save have, him a lot of money. Definitely. I mean, if my personal crystal ball projection for the rest of the season is we win out Pitt probably ends up winning out we don't go to the AC championship game and then it's like okay well we're on this winning streak we're going to hold on to Manny and sometime in late December mid-December we play some team from some other conference 
and get a cold splash of water in our face and go, oh, God, what the hell did we do? Like, that's what I personally think is going to happen. But I'm, we'll I'm, I'm straddling the fence right now, Peter. I could see either scenario playing out. Um, first, I want to see what happens Saturday at Florida State. I think this is going to be a tough game. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Well, I'll I let think you get rolling now. I, There's I, a lot of people on the line. All right, Peter. Thank you for being part of the show as always, man. Hey, thank you. You got it. You know, it, it's it's very, very, very tough to navigate that issue right now because of because of the winning. And I know a lot of guys are saying, oh, geez, this is why they should have fired Manny three weeks ago so they didn't have to go through this. But, you know, at the, at the same time, he's won three in a row, you know, and, and, and you've got to give him that. And I, and I don't know what's going to happen at the end of the year. I don't know what's going to happen Saturday. I'm, like I said, I'm expecting a tough game. Um, but I don't personally think any of it is relevant to the decision that has to be made in three weeks. And it starts with, what do you want to be, University of Miami? Do you want to be Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State? Is Miami capable of being that again? I think they are. If you ask me, I would say absolutely, unequivocally, yes. I mean, Miami's capable of winning eight, nine games being average as can be. What if the program were run like a first-class operation with higher quality talent evaluation and recruiting and player development and all the other things to go into running a program? I think Miami football can be Miami football again. That's my opinion. But what does uh, the president's office think? You know, what does Rudy Fernandez think who's advising the president? Echeverria, what does he think who's working with Rudy to advise the president? What does the Board of Trustees think? Do they think Miami could be at that level? I do. But I don't know if they agree with me. If they agree with me, then they get to question number two. Can Manny Diaz deliver that? You know, that's a little easier question to answer because you have a body of work that is very deep. Okay, it goes two decades. Okay, so all you got to do is look at that. It's 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 it, 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 it's like reading a racing form for the Kentucky Derby. You know, you've got a body of work that you could sit there and look at. Five six three nine 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 three five five zero five six three nine 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 three five five zero. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the five zero four. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's going on, man? How you doing? It's rolling, New Orleans, man. What's up, Roland? How you doing this week? I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing good, doing good. Man, uh, I know that doesn't Florida State game and a couple other games, but just to be honest, man, rooting for the team, but damn, I hope, I hope, uh, hope I hate to see that. You know what? To be honest, I don't want them to win those games. I just said last week, so we can get this, get crystal ball in place and Smith. And get somebody to recruit because it's ridiculous, man. You got kids leaving a program like Jennings and Hall. Not to say that they were great players, but just, I mean, just 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 from a depth perspective. Um, so what if what, I mean, what, what if uh, Williams is not being able to you know play at 100 percent? Kitchen and and you know a lot of other guys. You got guys leaving a program. I mean, it's not it ain't even going. To transfer portals, they're just leaving the program. So, 
you, you, you got Horrible. a cancer that's going on. It's walking it's out the so door bad. the week of the Florida State game. Unbelievable. That's, that, that's crazy. So if that doesn't lead to, you know, looking at what's going on throughout, you know, the top of the program or who's leading the program, it's got to be gutted, you know, regardless of if they win. If, I'll tell you this. If they go out and win the next three or four games and then go to the ACC championship or whatever you want to call it, it, it still doesn't justify. It does not justify having eight recruits. Um, and, and out of those eight recruits, none of those guys are uh, offensive linemen, D linemen, game changers. It, it doesn't justify uh, uh, the University of Miami bringing uh, Manny Diaz back as the as the head coach. Um, it just needs to be a, a whole whole overhaul. And even with the with this game against Georgia Tech, I'm gonna tell you right now uh, that kid Sims, if he could if he could have literally. Complete. I mean, he had guys wide, wide open. He, he it seemed like he was just throwing, aiming the ball versus just you know letting it flow. That game could have been a whole lot different. And then he was, you know, that he team was, was what three. Show that kid. He's tell, he's, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So I took that game, and I I, I I just shook my head. Defense gave up a tremendous amount of yards. Um, it's just something's not. We've been saying this for a while. It's just a whole uh, – when you look at it, if a head coach has to go to switching this whole roster over from juniors to seniors to freshmen, obviously you know you want your fan base behind the program and you want to support the team. But this is this is obviously getting into Manny Diaz, you know, personally, and he's making making these changes saying, hey, you know, I'm going to play fresh, I'm going to play freshmen. I mean, that's the thing. How, how many times can you go to a transfer portal and then how many guys are we redshirting and developing them physically? You know what I'm saying? So you, you got like James Williams. He's going to be a sophomore year, next next year. Then he'll be a junior. And then nine times out of ten, gone to the NFL. So they've got to get rid of Manny Diaz. It's not even no if and but about it. You know, they should just let the season play out. It is what it is. And then abruptly make that decision and be extremely aggressive and put uh, the pro- proper management place to implement um, successful uh, Miami Hurricanes football. Plain and simple, man. So that's my thought. All right, Roland, you got anything else for us tonight? No, no. I just want to get your input. I, I know you were speaking earlier, but I just wanted to. Yep. See what you're talking about right now, just in general. Thank you for being part of the show. Yep. Talk to you next week. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Got to be able to put your big boy pants on if you're making decisions. That's the bottom line. Uh, this is a, this is going to be a big one. They, they got about three weeks and counting. To get ready to start making some moves and uh gotta put the big boy pants on. Let's go to the eight five oh. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Eight five oh, you with us? righty, you're gone, going once, twice, three times. Um let's go to the seven two seven. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? 
Doing good. How's it going, Gary? This is Jake from St. Pete. What's up, Jake? How you doing this week? Good as I should be on a three-game winning streak. That, that game, I, I was there. Oh, my God. That was, uh, that was just <laughs> – I was un- very displeased when – The turnovers uh, – it was the turnovers and the short yardage problems, Jake, that turned about a 25-point win into a life-or-death battle. That's all. Yeah. That's all I mean, I thought in that, in that first quarter, I, I thought we were going to win 70 to nothing. I mean, we were yeah. just, just trouncing that team. And then, yeah, just coughing the ball up. It, I, it's almost like there's something with this team. They have to be, like, it has to be neck and neck. Otherwise, it's always going to be something. Play unless, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like, you know, they, they can't just, like, blow a team out. I mean, they, they yeah. should have, based on that first quarter, I mean, what they have, 300 yards in that first quarter? I mean, they, they just, they were just marching the field at will, but then you just, well, you keep coughing the ball up. There's always got to be it, something. It should have been, been 35 to 7 at half. I mean, that, that's, and, and then, you know, I mean the, the the third and one and fourth and ones; those are turnovers. Like when when you when you're you know that, that's the same as an interception, as far as I'm concerned. Like you you know you're giving up massive, especially when you got a kicker or a punter who's who's booting the ball 40, 50 yards every time uh, he kicks it. When when you go for that and you don't you don't get it, that, that's as good as an interception. So I mean, they had five turnovers in that game, as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, uh, the tackling wasn't as bad. I mean, you know, it, it's sad that, that we're, we're saying 14 missed tackles isn't bad. Uh, I, I guess you're really, you're really setting yourself up for disappointment there when you say 14 missed tackles is, uh, is an improvement uh, against the – I mean, you know, that, that Gibbs kid is pretty damn good. I'll, I'll, I'll grant that. But still, that, that's the only kids literally the entire team. So – you know, like, yeah, letting them hang in there is just embarrassing. But, um, you know, we've probably talked it to death, and I'm sure it probably will be over the next three weeks. But to me, uh, the only way I, I think Manny should stay is if he wins the ACC. And I'll grant that's completely out of his control at this moment. But, you know, I – I, you do sometimes uh, uh, boil my blood a little bit when you say we haven't beaten anyone. We have beat 25 teams. I, I will give the team credit for that. They are still top 25 they're, teams. They're, they're not. Them. I'm not saying not they're not great, yeah. but yeah, they're not. They're, but they're, they're 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 above average teams. They're they're good. They're not going to make the top 10. That's for certain. Uh, yeah. But it, regardless, that, that was just an aside. But they, we did beat two top 25 teams. Um, <laughs> I like to give credit where credits at least do. But, that's fair. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That, though, if you, if you, if you want to look at them as that level of team, then that's fair. And that's in the no, eye I of mean, the beholder. You, you still gotta, I'm not knocking that. You, you still gotta. You still gotta beat better than that or at least be competitive with that and I mean at that they still barely won but to me the the thing to keep Manny uh, just winning out isn't enough I mean yeah you beat two good teams and then uh, you know to win out you'd have to beat four garbage teams so great uh who cares what really concerns me is he's got to prove that he can win the big game and I know like Wake Forest is not a world beater, but that that's a that's a high pressure. Uh, never been there before. 
it hasn't been done. So if he can do something that has never been done, I say, okay, fine, let it be, um, bring him back. I mean, at that point, I think if you win the ACC, you kind of have to. I'd almost say you owe it to the players. Clearly, they would have been playing for him at that point. And, you know, they believe in him. They just won the ACC. Miami's never done it before. Regardless of how ugly it was to get there, I think it's at least legitimate to say that it happened for the first time in, what, uh, 17 years has it been? that we've been in the ACC. So to me, that's the only way though, because my biggest concern is um, I I think I I may have asked you about this. And if I I have, I apologize, but uh, it it looks like next year we're going to have Texas A&M on our schedule. We don't have two of our non-conference games filled out. So my, my assumption would be is that we're going to do two more of those pay to play games where we're going to have central Connecticut state and, Bethune or one of these crap garbage games that no one cares about. So you look at next season and it's very easy to to say, all right, Texas A&M, that's probably a loss. I mean, it's even Alabama struggled at Texas A&M. It's it's one of probably the hardest stadiums in the country to play at. But other than that, very winnable. ACC is losing a lot of its good quarterbacks. What, what kills me, though, is the idea that next year Manny could easily, easily, especially if they hire or uh, put two more shit teams on the schedule, he's looking at a, an easy path to a 10-win season, and then it's like, oh, problem solved. You know, but all we did was beat up on five shit teams and, and beat uh, a lot of coastal teams that uh, lost a ton of talent and upperclassmen that they – they held over from COVID. So it's not really going anywhere and we're stuck in the mud and the record wouldn't reflect that, however, but at, you know, at a certain point you're going to lose the actual quality that, that Manny has brought in and recruiting in the, the last two classes, not likely in this class. And then, you know, now we're two years down the road and then we're rebooting. And so to me, it's just like you you have to do something to prove that you can do something definitive with this program. And to me, that's the ACC. I don't think he can do it, and half of it's out of his hands. But it's just you have to show something unique that that indicates. Because otherwise, it's just we're we're spinning the wheels. And you know, I I know you love Mario, but I've been I've been looking at every you know coach available and whatnot. To me. The two that really stand out is Bill O'Brien and uh, Billy Napier. And those guys are gettable. They're relatively cheap. You don't have buyout complications. I mean, you know, Napier probably has one, but that's nothing. That guy spent 10 years of his coaching career in Alabama and Clemson. Um, You know, I know he's not proven at the, the power five level, but, you know, spending 10 and years he, in those programs. They're, they're both good coaches. Do they walk into a room in South Florida and command the room? Like, do, I they, captivate the, do sure. they captivate the community? I don't know. You know? I think Bill O'Brien could. I mean, you're talking – Houston's one of the worst one franchises in the NFL, and he put him in the playoffs four out of seven years he was there. And I'd say the last year he was tanking it. 
Uh, the guy's coached plenty in college. He's just uh, got a very good coach. I don't under... know. How, I don't know how good of a recruiter he is. Very good coach. He held Penn State together with that shit show with Sandusky. So <laughs> I don't know what, what you know. It's tough to correlate that into into top tier success. But uh, there's a lot of people, myself included, that thought that that team basically had the death penalty there with all the bad PR and everything. And uh, he, he kept that ship together, but you know, bottom line is, is there, there's, there's gettable guys. Those are just two to me that those two Miami are absolutely gettable. I agree to, with you that they're both gettable. They don't have to break the bank either. So if they, you know, if they want to, it's not going to be cheap, but you know, if, if you don't want to spend, you but, know, 15 million Bill O'Brien, on buyouts. Bill O'Brien, Jake was the, was the head coach at Penn state for two years, right? He went, yeah. he went eight and four and seven and five. Okay. I mean, does that, you know, get, you know, get your, uh, get your lather up. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, four and four in the conference is last year, at Penn state. You there? Did we lose you? All right, I guess we lost you. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. But, yeah, I mean, you know, that to me is the dilemma for the University of Miami. And uh, hiring a coach is not going to be an easy process. I you know, I'm a big fan of the Mario situation because I see what he brings to the table. I think that's a guy that does command the room in South Florida. I think he owns the town if he comes to the University of Miami. I think he immediately elevates recruiting to the level where it belongs. I think if Mario Cristobal came to Miami that they would have a great chance to get Shamar Stewart to not go to Texas A&M. Uh, I think they'd have a great chance to get Earl Little Jr. to not go to Alabama. You can go on and on and on, right down the list. Right now, if you look at the top 20 players in Florida, Miami's no place with most of like almost every one of them. I mean, that's unacceptable. I mean, you can't get the Hurricanes to the next level if you can't recruit better than that. I mean, that's my opinion, and, and, and you know, I, I think that uh, Rudy Fernandez and those guys who right now are entrusted with evaluating all of this, they got to put their big boy pants on and look at it honestly, and, and you know, because it can go on like this forever. You can win seven, eight, nine games every year and be not real good and not recruit any better than you're recruiting now because Miami's always going to get some players. You know, I don't know, man. It's like I've watched this now for almost 20 years. I feel for this fan base. I want to see this get fixed. I don't want to see it keep getting pushed to the next season and the next season and the next season and have nothing get better. So whether that means Manny or no Manny, I mean, Manny's a good dude. Don't blame Manny. You know, you've heard me say that. The Manny that's sitting in the University of Miami head coach's office today is no different than the Manny that was given the keys to that office three years ago or that came to Miami six years ago. In fact, I would argue Miami's gotten the best of Manny 
especially those first few years as defensive coordinator. That was that was the best of Manny. Manny wasn't a top shelf defensive coordinator. Got fired from the best job he ever had. Let's go to the three eight six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, how we doing tonight? Appreciate you taking my call. Who's this? It's Will. I uh, I got a question for you. A couple of comments. Uh, you, you and some of the uh, callers have already um, touched on one of the things that I wanted to say, and that was if the University of Miami and its fan base is satisfied with going eight and four, nine and three then Manny Diaz is your head coach. If you're not, if you want to compete for championships, then you know it's time to cut the cord and move on. But my first question to you is, is um, I understand that Blake James didn't do a coaching search, but other than that, why are people mad at him when he hasn't coached one player and hasn't recruited one player to the university? of Miami. And when the hire was made, when Manny Diaz was hired, how did you feel about the hire at the time? Uh, I was stunned. And not because I have any issue at all with Manny. I mean, I was stunned at what he did. Like, he, he, he made Manny the head coach without even taking five seconds to see who the pool of of uh, whose pool was, it's like it's like right now you can sit there and look. Okay, I can go to Alabama and take a run at Bill O'Brien, no argument. And then I pull up Bill O'Brien and I see that he went eight and four and seven and five at Penn State. His second year at Penn State was four and four in the conference. I don't see a whole lot of proof there that this is a head coach that's taken my program to the next level. Now I know he's in the, he was in the National Football League and. You know, his teams went nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven, four and twelve. Then in uh, then in eighteen and nineteen, he went eleven and five and ten and six, and I believe they fired him after ten and six, right? Did he get fired after that? I mean, he got fired. Why'd they fire him? I mean, I would be looking into that before I thought about making him my head coach. Um, Billy Napier doing a decent job down there in Louisiana. Uh, definitely a guy that's going to get a job. There's no doubt about it. But can he come into South Florida and captivate the community better than Manny Diaz? I don't know that. I mean, I don't have any anything to go by. I mean, you know, I can take a horse out at Gulfstream and put him in the Kentucky Derby. But am I going to pick him to win? The, you know, with no, with no. <laughs> with no proof that he's that level of horse. I mean, you know, so I don't see where there's any proof whatsoever with Billy Napier, A, that he's that level, and that it's worth the University of Miami taking a risk on. I think Billy Napier's got to go take another job first. Billy Napier needs to go get a job like Mario Cristobal has at Oregon and go prove at Oregon that you can win conference championships. Mario's won the last two. Now, I, I know he kind of – Backed into it a little bit last year because he had no quarterback and they blew a few games they shouldn't have blown. And uh, hopefully that doesn't happen to him this year because the refs stole the game from him at Stanford. And now they have no margin for error whatsoever, even though they beat Ohio State at Ohio State earlier this season. But the point I'm making is at least there's some pedigree there. Like you look at Mario Cristobal, he spent those three, those, uh, three plus years at Alabama working under 
Nick Saban. He was named Offensive Line Coach of the Year and Recruiter of the Year during that, that tenure. He studied under Greg Schiano. Um, he's, he was a head coach for six years at FIU. Now he's in his fourth year at Oregon. He's got 10 years of, of experience as a head football coach. Um, he's won back-to-back Pac-12 titles. He won the Rose Bowl. Uh, he's got his team this year on the cusp of the college football playoff. Take a look at Jimmy Johnson's record before he came to Miami. Mario Cristobal's got a better resume than Jimmy Johnson had before he got this job. So, you know, oh, people say to me, oh, Gary, you're Mario, Mario, Mario. Listen, I'm looking at the facts, okay? And, and I see a resume there that you can work with, okay? Plus, I know you bring that guy to South Florida, and he's going to own the town. He's got the personality. He's got the presence. Um, he, can, I, he can go all the way. This guy, in a COVID year at Oregon, recruited the top player from nine different states. Who can lost? Who else in college football can do that? Nick Saban, maybe? Like, are you kidding me? Recruits the, the best player in nine different states, and those guys can't even take a campus visit? I mean, come on, man. That, that, that to me is unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. And if the University of Miami were fortunate enough to get that guy to come here, I mean, I don't know what would happen, but I'll tell you what. I, I, I like that shot. Like, I, I like... The, the racing form on that one. Can I say the same thing about Billy Napier? I can't. Can I say the same thing I about agree. Bill O'Brien? I can't. He, I he went four and four in the conference of Penn State. He didn't win anything at Penn State. In the NFL, he had decent teams, but they fired him. So I don't know, man. You know, I just you know, I hope it works out. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure you answered my question about Blake James. Other than him not doing a coaching, uh, Blake, coaching Blake's been while. the AD. He's been the AD now for I think for ten years. It's nine or ten. I think it's ten. I'd have to look up the year. But uh, and you know, I think he's been a good placeholder. He's done some good things. Uh, there hasn't been a big problem with Blake James. But when he handled the coaching transition after Mark Rick the way he did and rush through this hire of Manny without taking a look at who else out there might be a candidate, including Mario Cristobal, who since then has won the Pac-12 title every year, who won the Rose Bowl, who's recruiting at as high a level as anybody in college football at Oregon, which is in the middle of nowhere. I mean... I think that's soured, you know, and the fact that it hasn't worked out very well has soured a lot of people. I mean, when you go six and seven and you're losing to FIU, Louisiana Tech, Duke to end the year, and then, you know, last year you're giving up, what, 800 yards of offense to North Carolina, getting blown out of your home stadium. And, you know, I know they finished eight and three, but anybody with sense knows that the Eric King was the difference between uh, five and six and eight and three. I mean, he single-handedly won three games last year. Uh, you know, this year, I mean, it's going okay. I mean, you've won, you know, you've won a few, you've lost a few coin toss games. We'll see how it finishes. But if you're looking at this, you're understanding that this can go on like this forever. And and Blake James got Miami into this mess because he didn't do a proper coaching search. And that has soured him with a lot of people. 
Okay, my second question. I my second question is I heard Randy Shannon say one time that uh, the guy that decides whether or not you get the job, you may not ever meet him or may not ever talk to him. You have any idea who that might be at Miami? Who's going to make the decisions? I think the president's office, and I think the president is deferring to his two lieutenants who are bringing in top-shelf business people to advise them. And I think that they're getting organized behind the scenes. I think they've got the money in place that you know that they're willing to make the investment, but I don't think they want to throw it in the garbage can. Um, and I think they're talking to a lot of people, and uh, and and I think that they're evaluating the situation, which is what the president tasked them to do. And uh, in a few weeks, they're going to have to make their recommendation to Julio Frank. Okay. And my final question, uh, everything we do in life, you know, we need a plan B. So if you have an opinion, I'd like to hear it on my plan B. My plan B? What what do you think of? Okay, if you can't, if you decide you're going to make a change and you can't get Mario Cristobal, who to me is unquestionably, and there's nobody I've spoken to that has suggested otherwise, and you know, I'm talking about knowledgeable people out there in the world of football and stuff. If you can't get Mario Cristobal right now, I'd be very careful about. I'd be very careful about, about reaching just for somebody. And. The big question would be, can you not get him because he needs to stay at Oregon another year because he's got a potential playoff team coming back next year too, which he does, um, and maybe he's, he's not ready to leave Oregon right now, and if you wait a year and you see how next year goes or whatever, you know, maybe it becomes a better option then. There's, there's a lot of factors that go into this, and I don't have the answers right now. I think they're going to work themselves out over the next few weeks, um, but you know, if you can't get a freaking whale... I mean, I don't just fire Manny just to fire Manny. I mean, if you're firing Manny, you're firing Manny because you're upgrading. If you don't know you're upgrading, then I keep the money in the bank for when I can upgrade. That's me personally. I mean, you can come back with Manny and win eight, nine games next year. That's not going to win a chance. That's not you're not competing for a I un- championship. I understand. But... I understand that, but but is bringing Billy Napier here gonna win a championship next year? Like, can you can you what can you latch onto that gives you any sense that that could happen? Before Miami well, can talk about championships want... in 2022, will there's a lot of work to be done, man. There's a lot of work to be I'm done in the saying... transfer port in the transfer portal and everywhere else. I mean, you got to change the culture of this team so that guys aren't walking out the door in the middle of the season if they're unhappy with their playing time. I mean. You know, look at look at all the guys that have walked out this year, including Pope and Wiggins, who had every reason to be upset and know they were never going to play. But but you know, what's with this walking out in the middle of the season? What is it like? What is it accomplishing? Well, one 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 person I want to get your opinion on. I want to know what you thought about uh, my plan B would be. What you thought about Chris Peterson as a coach? I mean, he, he, he's, he's, he's part of the pack. Miami is one of the hardest jobs in the country. If you can't captivate people, I mean, look at who's been successful here. Howard Schnellenberger had 
one of the most unbelievable presences that you'll ever see in your life. He came, he walked into that head coach's office in 1979, and he owned South Florida from the minute he stepped foot there. He had personality, he had charm, he had marketing sense. He had, had that guy had everything, man. That guy was the complete package. Okay, he had studied under Don Shula and Bear Bryant. He had pedigree. He had he he had pedigree as an X and O coach. Uh, that guy had it all. Okay, unfortunately, he got a little big for his britches, and he talked himself into a career move that he shouldn't have made. Otherwise, he he might have been the next. He might he might have been our generation's Bear Bryant. Okay, Jimmy Johnson. Got off to a tough start that first year. He was forced to keep some of Howard's staff. They weren't all on the same page. You had guys sitting there that were bitter. The, who's this guy from Oklahoma State? Sam Jankovich knew what he was doing. Jimmy Johnson, once he got his feet into the job and had his people in place in the program, you saw what happened. That guy was a special talent. And you saw what happened when he went to the NFL. And he's in the Hall of Fame now, right? You think right. Manny Diaz is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day? Do you think Al no, is going to be in the Hall you... of Fame one day? Well, you know, no. You, you, the University of Miami has not been agree. hiring coaches at, the, at, the, at that level, Will. Uh, okay, so then Dennis Erickson gets here, right? Dennis Erickson was a great football coach. Sam Jankovic knew what he was doing. He had a national championship-ready team. He went out and got himself a great, innovative as good of a football coach as Dennis Erickson was, he couldn't handle this program. He couldn't captivate South Florida the way that the guy in that office needs to be able to do it. And, he, and, he, and, he, and the job ate him alive. He won those two national titles because the talent that was left to him was so enormous that because he was such a great coach, he was able to win the national titles. But he couldn't sustain it, right? Because he didn't have that pedigree. Dennis Erickson was better than Chris Peterson. Dennis Erickson was better than Bill O'Brien. Dennis Erickson was better than Billy Napier. Dennis Erickson couldn't sustain it at the University of Miami. See what I'm getting at? So then you you start going through these other guys. Finally, Butch Davis comes in. Butch Davis had presence. Butch Davis did captivate South Florida once he got his feet wet. Um, Butch Davis proved that he was that kind of dude. And when he left, he also left a loaded program, just like he did when he was here with Jimmy. The program was so loaded up that Larry Coker came in and went to back-to-back national title games. But Larry Coker couldn't captivate a room. Larry Coker couldn't hold the University of Miami together. You see what I'm getting at? This is not an easy job, man. You've got to find a freaking oh, alpha I know dude. That. Will, you need an alpha dude in that office that can frickin' do it all, man. And if you don't have that, don't put him in that office because you're just going to be spinning wheels for another 10 years. They better go out and spend the money for a guy that has a chance to be that. To me, when I look at all of college football, Mario Cristobal is the guy that jumps out to me. I think Mario Cristobal at Miami would have a chance to be Jimmy Johnson and Butch Davis. All right. Well, I'll tell you this much, uh, and I say this, I mean this in a humorous way. Now, if Mario Cristobal comes here and falls on his face, then you are going to get tarred and feathered because you are the uh, one listen, that 
went checking off what I'm saying, Will. Yeah, you can you, you can tar and feather me all you want. I'm telling you, I want to see this program get back to being what it is. And when I look at the landscape, so do I. that's the dude so do that I. has the capability of recruiting and running a program and hiring the quality of coaches and everything else and personnel people and, and strength trainers and recruiting staff people in the back office and everything else. To me, that guy has the capability to do it, and I don't see a close second. And you know what? If he can't do it, then I'll be the first to say, all right, I, I was wrong. But I don't know who the hell is going to do it. Thank you for taking my call, Gary. All righty, Will. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. I'm not getting the payoff if Mario gets that job, just so everybody knows. Nobody's writing me a check or anything. I want to see everybody that is listening to this show tonight be happy with Miami football again. I want to see this program get back to where it's in the top five pretty much every year. It can happen. There is no doubt in my mind. I've been here 40 years, okay? I know what it takes. I know it can be done again. I know that what it takes has not changed. I want to see them get the right person in that office who can put the right group of people together to make it happen. And I, I love uh, top to bottom everybody that's in that program right now. They're all very good people. I can't tell you one turd in the whole place, okay? They're all great people. There's not one person in the building at the Hex Center and the Schwartz Center that has ever won anything in football. No championships. There is, there's nobody, not even an administration who has been where it's successful. There is nobody there that knows what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> and like I said, they're all good people. I love every one of them. You know, they probably don't love me so much when I say that, but that is the truth. I mean, it's the truth, okay? That has to change. The University of Miami, whether it's this year, next year, the year after, whatever, at some point they have to find the will to go find that dude that knows what it's supposed to look like, that has the plan to make it happen, and can come and execute. That's simple. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go to the 985. You're live on King Sport Live. You're stealing all my thunder, Gary. I mean, if I'm Mario and he comes here, I'm hiring you, you as his, my recruiting director. Dude, I, I, listen, he doesn't need me to be his recruiting director. That guy is the freaking Tasmanian devil when it comes to recruiting. Okay? Like, that guy sleeps about three, four hours a night, and the other 20 hours of the day he's recruiting in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> I think he Here's recruits even when he's on the damn practice field. Here's the deal. If if Manny wins, if, if we beat Florida State 80 to nothing, if we beat Virginia Tech 100 to nothing, if we beat Duke 120 to nothing, if we somehow backdoor our way into the ACC championship game and win that game, if we go to the bowl game, I think it's the Orange Bowl, and win that game, you still fire Manny Diaz. Why? We don't want to be Michigan State. We don't want to be Purdue. We don't want to be a mid-tier program. We want to be a program like Alabama, like Georgia. We want to be a program that's going to yearly – compete for national titles. Manny does not have it. Why do I say Manny does not have it? Look at what he's saying right now. Look at what's happening with the program right now. Two kids leave the week of FSU. One of the most selfish moves that any teammate could make. 
They're already talking about five, six, seven other players jumping to the transfer portal, which, by the way, is something that Mr. Diaz is salivating over right now. If you just read between the lines in his interviews, uh, we're in a new world of college football. We're going to walk through this world together of college football. This is the way it's going to be. The transfer portal is an integral part of, you know, building college football programs. Absolute garbage. All of it. It's garbage. He's lost South Florida. He's lost the respect of, uh, of, of, in my opinion, anybody that's that wanted to was even considering coming here. Uh, that's why everybody is kind of waiting and seeing, waiting and seeing. It, you you got to get rid of them. You got to make the move to get rid of them, no matter what happens over these last uh, the last few weeks. It, it's just it's insane not to. We don't want to be a mid tier program. What's, what's that? Your name? Yeah, what's your name? I didn't get Swagger. your name when you came in. Swagger. Oh, hey, Swagger. Swagger. All right. So I I just got an email from the college football playoff selection committee. All right. And they, they just released their rankings. All right. I'm looking at this. Number one, Georgia. Miami would lose by 40, 50 points to that team. Alabama, we saw what happened. Oregon, mm-hmm. they, would, they, 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 would, they would get killed by Oregon. Ohio State, they would get killed by Ohio State. Cincinnati, I, I mean, I don't really have that. a feel for Cincinnati. I don't have a feel for them. Um, Michigan, I don't really have a feel for how they would compete against Michigan. I'm not going to sit here and say something stupid. They got blown out in the fourth quarter against Michigan State. Uh, Oklahoma, I think they get killed. Um, Notre Dame, you know, I don't know. I mean, Oklahoma State, which beat them in the bowl game last year, they've they've come back this year, and their program's gotten better. They're number 10 in the country right now. Miami's program's gotten worse. Texas A&M is underrated at number 11. They would crush the Hurricanes right now. Uh, Wake Forest, I don't think that they could stop their offense. Like, their offense is really, really good. I mean, I, it would be a scoring fest. No argument there. But uh, no, I mean, it would be it would be what the North Carolina what the North Carolina game was this past week. You know, fifty nine to fifty four, yeah. you know, sixty, whatever, whatever. It, it would look like that. Yeah, like so that. now you, so now you know you're getting you're you're down into the you know twelve you know twelve to probably thirty where everybody's pretty similar. You, and you, and you I think you, I think you could win some and lose some in that in that arena. Like NC State's it, it, number 16 right now. It worries me that you say that these guys in Frank's office are the ones that are running this whole, like looking at this whole thing. That scares me to death. Well, it's better than Blake because Blake wouldn't be thinking of doing anything because Blake. Well, you know, I mean, are they, or Gary, are they any better? He's got these guys up there in the president's office. I, these guys? Listen, from what I have been hearing, I, like what I'm hearing, I, I, I you know, I, 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 don't go too far. I'm not looking okay. to well, screw these well, guys. What, what are you, what are you, what are you hearing? What are you, what I, are you I, hearing? I, I, I'm hearing that they're surrounding themselves with some pretty high-level, competent people that are good business people that understand the importance of hiring and and who you hire and how important that is and and things like that. And uh, what that's going to mean in the end, we don't know yet. We will see. But I'm encouraged by the fact that the president's office had the wherewith, um, had the instinct that it needed to step in here and do a, a complete evaluation of athletics and football, and that's what they're doing. And we're, we will see where that leads them. 
but I like I like I like what I'm seeing. I like what I'm hearing, and like and and we'll we'll see what happens. What that means down the road. Well, that's I mean I'm I'm glad to hear that. That's good news. But you just you can't stay in the philosophy of Diaz and expect to have a national title competing football program with this idea that the transfer portal. I, look, I've got my own opinions on the direction of college, what college football is going right now something like 3,000 kids in that portal. Uh, I think the portal is going to be unsustainable over the next five years. That's me. I mean, I know a lot of people disagree with that, but I think something's got to be done with that. You know, you, you take a look at what – and you look, Charleston Rambo and Tariq Stevenson, Tariq Stevenson balling out this year, uh, especially Rambo. Stevenson's coming up. But, Gary, both those guys, they're gone next year. They're gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, they're gone. Rambo's gone. Stevenson's gone next year. You agree? Yeah. Yeah, they're gone. One one year wonders. How do you build a program like that? You know, and everybody will say, "Oh well, uh, Mel Tucker says hi." Hey, Michigan how State. about We're this? We're not Michigan State. We're not Michigan State, Gary. We don't want to be Michigan State. Remember the remember the days when we used to laugh at Michigan State. I remember. I know you do. You've been here forty years. We're not them. Swagger, how about this? I, and I know what you're saying about the one-year wonders, and I agree. What if you didn't have those guys this year? What if you didn't have Rambo and Tyreek? Well, I mean, <laughs> that just goes that just goes to show you even more. I mean, look at what D- <laughs> it just proves my point. You and and Tyreek, Tyreek, you, you got because it was a chance for him to come back home, and he, you know, he he mm-hmm. he wanted to come back home. He, he had enough of Georgia. Okay, great. And Rambo, you got because the Eric King recruited him. They had a relationship back from Texas. So De'Ara King recruited them. Yeah. That's why you got Rambo. Otherwise, they don't get Rambo. Yeah. I mean, I agree. You just – you can't – and again, it, you know, to keep to keep that circulating, and I agree with you, we can keep that up for the next 10, 15, 20 years if we want to. But is that going to lead us to where we want to go? No. Absolutely not. Look where it's no, led them make so far. Men- they got freaking Jalen Phillips, guys like Jalen Phillips to come here. To go what six and seven, seven and six? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not sustainable. You got to be able to recruit traditionally. Yeah. If a guy like Mario comes in, you're right. Year one, he hits the portal hard. Why? Because the roster's so screwed up, he'll have Correct. no choice. But after that, after that one year, you're going to see a monster wave of recruiting. And who's he going up against? Look at the big three. Norvell, Mullen, who knows what what's going to happen in Gainesville, right? I mean, yep. you know, I mean. Uh, you have an opportunity right now if you're the University of Miami to take over the state of Florida. You got to seize the 100%. moment, man. It's like you know, you got to you got to you got to see that. You know, if you're the athletic director or you're the president's committee that is advising the president, or whatever, you have to see. You got to have a sense and a feel. For the landscape and the opportunity, and if, if they called only, me on the phone, if only, they called me on the phone right now, I would say, Rudy, you have a chance to take over the state of Florida right now. Not You're only that, look at the state. Look, look at look at college football as a whole. Saban doesn't have too many too many more years left, and there are a lot of other schools right now that are looking for coaches, or will be. And so it's not just the state of Florida. You got to look at the big picture. I mean, nationwide, with Mario's, I just you know, 
I'm with you, Gary. I'm with you. Well, where I'm not with you is the Florida State game. I don't know where. I mean, you know, I think we beat them by two, three touchdowns. And I just it, it, here's here's why I say that because you know, in Miami. <laughs> Miami wants to make things interesting, right? They want to make things interesting against the Georgia Techs, the Virginias, the NC States, the Syracuses, whoever it is in the ACC that we play, until until Florida State shows up on the schedule. Some reason, well, I mean, obviously a rivalry game, but we always show up for the Florida State game. I don't think you'll see the fumbles. If we don't fumble in the Georgia Tech game, we beat them by four touchdowns. Um I just think we win this game going away. I think TVD has a big day. Yeah, we'll see. I think he's going to be under a lot of pressure. You think so? I think I, I do. I think he's going to be under a lot of pressure. I, I, I think Florida State gets after the quarterback. I think the offensive line is going to be exposed a bit. And uh, I think it's going to be a very tough game. I think it's another one that's going down to the wire. I just don't see it, man. I've watched Florida State in a couple of these games. Man, that offense, Gary, that's, they're bad. That offense, if Jordan Travis can't throw, who knows if he'll play. People want to talk about McKenzie Milton. McKenzie Milton was running for his life against North Carolina State. Running for his, they couldn't block. They couldn't block the North, North Carolina State defensive line. I actually like our defensive line against their O-line. So Vera, uh, you know, Johnson, McLeod, even Ford, I mean – I, I think we get after him big time. I just I think we win going away. Just what I see. But Manny's got it. Manny's got to go no matter what if we want to get if we want to get our canes back. We can't we can't keep keep running this merry-go-round of these eight nine win seasons. We just we're not going to get anywhere. It's like a, it's like a, a, a hamster on a, a wheel, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see, man. It's it's like I think this could go on like this forever if you wanted to. <laughs> like it really can. I mean, you hit the portal, you get a couple guys a year, you you play in a, a bunch of average teams, and yeah, let's go recruit. Let's go recruit. You know, ten to twelve uh, uh, high school kids, and then get the rest from the portal. It just it doesn't make any sense. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So anyway, yeah, and and you know, last year's recruiting class was a little bit of an aberration. Because of COVID, and you know, credit credit to Manny for you know making it pay off and getting a you know a few good players. I mean, well, he, you, you know, know but he, he, but we're seeing it go back to where it was now this year. This year they're not getting anybody. Miami is a yeah, non-player in recruiting, a total non-player in recruiting, both in the state of Florida and on the national landscape. You wouldn't even know Miami yeah, because he's. Because he's not even good. I mean, look, look at look at look at the state of this team throughout the season, right? Manny's beholden to the older guys. Manny likes the transfer portal. Manny doesn't really like recruiting. By forced attrition of the season, nobody's fault, no blame there. We get the younger guys to start playing. All of a sudden, these guys improve, right? Isn't that all funny? It's kind of funny to me because. What happens if, and I'm not saying TVD is going to go out there and beat Alabama, but I, look, I'm sorry if people don't like me saying this. Tyler's playing better than what Derek was at the beginning of the season. I don't think that's the same Derek King in Alabama as what we saw last season. I don't think he was ready. But to me, TVD is running Lashley's offense 
probably better than what the Eric King was. Fair? Well, the offense has changed. you got to understand, the offense has changed, and they've been playing some very average defenses, quite frankly. I mean, um, NC State was a decent defense, uh, but Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech defenses were not very good. Fair enough. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh was a little bit of an aberration because Miami's weaknesses, biggest weaknesses at the line of scrimmage, and Pittsburgh didn't have the personnel at the line of scrimmage to exploit that. Neither did Georgia Tech. NC State did to a little bit of a degree, but it was a night game at Hard Rock Stadium. They didn't play their best, and Miami caught them. Okay, I think anybody would, would do, that looked at NC State's team would say, NC State's a little bit better team than Miami this year, uh, top to bottom. But you catch them at night at Hard Rock Stadium, play a decent game. They played an average game. You won a close game. Uh, things, things, things played out well at the end of the game. Florida State is going to challenge Miami much tougher where Miami is weak, in my opinion. So we'll see. I mean, I'm not saying it, I'm not saying he's going to win or lose. I think it's going to be another tight game into the fourth quarter, just like them all. You think James Williams is going to be able to go this week? I don't know, man. He didn't I look mean, good in practice today. He, he, he looked hurt from, in practice today, so we'll see. From from what y'all said, he was dragging his shoulder around on the basically on the grass. So that's why I'm asking. All right, Gary, right, I appreciate Schmiger. you letting me on, man. Thanks. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 786, you with us? Going once. Going twice. All right, next time. Uh, let's go to the 786 again. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's up? How are you tonight? Uh, speaking to the, the phone, we can't hear you. Who's this? This is Flex. Hey, what's up, Flex? How are you, man? Uh, your voice is coming through a little muffled, man. Make sure you speak into the receiver. Yeah, can you hear me better now? Much better. Go ahead, man. Is that better? What you got? Yep. What you got for us? Yeah. No, I've been listening to you talk tonight. You're sounding like a. You sounded perfect tonight. You're really, you know, you're really, uh, you're really going to bat for the university by. Well, like I, you I know, last, I, like I, I, I started out the show uh, having to impersonate the Mikester Kane, and I don't know if mm-hmm. you're listening at the beginning every week when the Mikester Kane does his thing, and I I, no. I, mean, I, 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 I had to like really get the blood boiling a little bit and ri- try to rise to the occasion, and that kind of set the tone. So I'm, I've been a little fired up tonight. <laughs> no, that's good though, because uh, like, like I told, like I tell you all the time, you have a, you have a big, you know, you have a platform. And your platform is needed in order to help us get our, uh, like you said, get our team back. It's good for I business for you. I want to see all you guys be happy again, back. man. All you guys need to be happy oh. again. This program could be such a source of joy for the entire community. Um, it's a community that I've spent every minute of my life in from you know, the second mm-hmm. I took my first breath. And, like, I understand what – Miami football means to South Florida, and I understand what it could be, and I don't think you hold that back for political correctness or for the sake of of saying, oh, I want to be fair 
to this or that or whatever. Like, this is a big-time, big boy. This is big boy business, man. And, and Gary, I I, I want you just to stay true to – and when the beginning of before the begin before the season started, the one thing you kept harping on is you said, <clears throat> if Miami doesn't win ten games, nine or ten games, and get to the ACC ta- championship and all of that stuff, that it's a bus season. I want you to stick by that one. Now they can two, still get there, Flex. About, They're close as hell right now. If they can win, if they can win Saturday at Florida yeah, State, but, yeah, but we're not. But they won't win nine games in the regular season, like you said. They have to. No, well, I, didn't, I never said nine. I right. said I thought they. I said I thought they would win nine. I didn't say. I didn't say that that's what it would take to win the coastal because I had no idea. But I thought that they were could be a nine win team this year. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, and then besides that, I'm still. I'm just you know listening to you say that the president's office, and and I've been looking up this guy Rudy Fernandez. I've been looking up Epstein. And it goes, and I, you know, all the information that I can gather, it goes back to what you said tonight. It goes back to what your good friend Alonzo Highsmith said a couple of weeks ago on the uh, Lamar Thomas show, in that none of these people know, basically, they don't know shit about football. They don't. They've never been around championships, and now I hear you say that they're serious because they're hiring some type of firm, business firm. Gary, the, uh, no, they're not. I didn't say they're hiring a firm. They're not hiring any firm. They are. What did you say? They you are. Said, eva- they're, they're, they are doing an evaluation that. flex of the athletic and football programs right now, and they're talking to a but, lot of different but people. You, and but did you say that? But but did it? But did Gary? Didn't I hear you say that that the president's office has cons- are, are consulting with professional business business? They're consulting or, or, with or high. Wait one sec, Flex. They are consulting with high-level business people in the community, guys that have that have, that have made themselves billionaires, guys that run Fortune 500 companies. Right. It, it's not that. about football yet. It's not about Flex. It's not about football yet. It is about the it. University of Miami athletic business. That's what it's about right now. It'll get to football. Okay. It'll get there. Okay. But right now, this minute, as we sit here tonight, it is about the business of the University of Miami Athletic Department. But here's the thing, Gary. Here's the thing. The business of the University of Miami football or our athletic department begins and ends with football, like it does at most universities. It Correct. Begins and and ends that's why it's going to get it, – okay. that's why it will get to football. <laughs> but that's why it should, it should never have to get to football. It should always start at with football. And my point in bringing it up to you is that I, t- I spoke about this with you a couple of weeks ago, and maybe last week, a couple of weeks or whatever. But it, 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 Julio Frank knows nothing about football. The university and its board members. One of the it, the, the 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 second criteria, and no later than three. It should it, the first. I would say even three, the first or second criteria should be that the president is very knowledgeable of football, in order to. Well, he's not, you want to do and neither you, was what, the previous okay, president. Right. And this is what I was going to ask you also, right? When 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 Larry Coker was hired, who was the AD that hired Larry Coker when Bush Davis left? Who was our AD then? Paul D. New York? Paul D. Okay, all right, yeah, terrible hire. It's what sent us. It's what it's what. Sent well, us he he was not a terrible hire, Flex, because he got you to two national championship games and really won. Really won two yes, national yes. titles. 
flex. Come on, man. You win two national titles, and I'm going to say he won two national titles because he really did. That's not a bad hire. Now, he couldn't sustain it, and he became a bad hire because he couldn't sustain it. Remember what you said, But would you trade – Flex, let me ask you a question, and then I'll let you keep going. Would you trade two national titles for three average years? Gary, that's not a fair – that's apples and oranges, and here's why. You'll take the two natties, won't you? you, And that's what Paul D. did. It's not a fair – it's not a fair statement because of what you said, even what you said about Dennis. Butch left the Butch left that team so stacked. You could have hired Greg. You could have hired the defensive coordinator instead of Coker, and it would have been the same outcome. That okay, but the, so but when stacked. they hired those guys, they the didn't point. know that they weren't going to be able to sustain it. In fairness, everybody knew that roster was stacked like that. There Sam Jankovic is saying, "I have a stacked freaking roster. I need to go get myself the best." X and O football coach that I can find, and he went and got Dennis Erickson, who was as good as a guy at that point of that, his career. That, that, that guy that could was, draw up offense like no other. He, he was writing he was writing textbooks about it. it. it but it was short term thinking. But it, anyway, moving on. It, the job ate on. him alive. Very, it's a hard job. It's one of the hardest in college football. Ate him alive. It's what. It's exactly what you said, and I commend you on this. Is there has to be and there can only be an alpha male, and I, I agree with you 3,000%. I want you to start screaming it even louder that Mario Cristobal is the end-all, be-all for this job. And if this Mario job is, is guy, yes. I, yes, this job he is. And if Mario's not here, I, don't, I, 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 would, I wish you would hurry up and get on the lane train because – Lane has Lane Lane's has, a train wreck, dude. Listen, he's a train. I, I know too no, much about Lane Gary, to get on that train. I know I know a lot about him too, Gary. I really do. But listen, Gary, Gary, hear me out. Everything that you say about the coach that has to take this job and the coach that can handle this job, Lane has those qualities. Now, I will agree with you on this though. Lane has he has had when he was younger. He's only forty now. When he was younger, he had some issues. I think he's grown out of those issues, which is why I think I think I think that job with him and Saban and what he learned under Saban and now what he's doing with Ole Miss. Ole Flex, let me ask you a question. What do you base that on? What do you base that on? I base that on I, I, I base that I base that on Lane is a recruiting extraordinaire. Lane is a high high level. See, Lane has. It, it, see, see, but but how do you know recruit? the other you things said you said? That, do you know somebody close to him? Do you know him? Oh yeah, I know. I talked to Luke regularly, and and Luke? Luke has even said some things that Luke. Oh, Luke. I talked okay. to Luke more than once. I talk. I talked to Luke more than once, and when when Luke screams Lane, I I tell Luke. I say, Luke, well, what about when? What about this right here? I heard about Lane with the girls and this with the this girl and you know stuff like that. I don't want to say it over, you know, over the air. But Luke's like, yeah, he did that. I know he did that. He was he was in his thirties. Lane has grown up. But here, mm-hmm. but, but let me finish this, Gary, this point and, and agree with okay. you. The thing that you always harp on is recruiting, and then you harped on even with Manny. He was never a high-level defensive coordinator. Lane has always been a high-level at the elite elite offensive Agreed. line. One, two, 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 wait, wait, Gary, two, more importantly, that you always talk about, he's a high-level recruiter, always has been. Lane, when he went to Tennessee, he, he was getting players in Tennessee that they had never got, but he didn't want that job. He wanted the USC job. He never wanted the job. He got the USC, and he pissed on himself because he was 36 years old or 35 years old. And I, and, and I agree with you with that. 
But if it's not Mario Cristobal with the with with all of the qualities that you talk about, Lane Kiffin is the only other guy that has those similar qualities. He's the only one that can recruit. He's the only one that commands the room. He's proven he can recruit. He's proven he comes with a high level of something that he does very well, which is offensively coach a football team. But but now move off that. You're absolutely right. Mario is the perfect, perfect guy for this job. I hope the administration, this booty for that. I just, I just don't have any confidence, faith in them because, like Alonzo said, your, your friend said, they don't know what it looks like. They, none of them never been there. So now the, the president's entrusting these guys to come back and tell him basically who they like. It's just basically who they like and what the um, hell do they know. It's not exactly this, like that. I mean, okay. you know, I think I think what they're doing is they're talking, they're 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 researching things, they're talking to a lot of people, and, they're getting. And the other guy that and the other guy that you know very well on the board, he he told me a couple of days ago, man, I ain't even listening to the shit that people are talking about right now. That's what he told me, and that's and that's that's the God on the truth. And I don't know what that means. I didn't want to keep like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? I just was like, okay, well, man, I hope it works out. You know what I'm saying? But I just don't have any confidence that these guys. I think if I think because I think Manny is going to win out. I think I really think he is, and I think it's going to do exactly what you said it is. It's just going to roll it over. He can't recruit. He's never been able to recruit. I talked to a person that's on the recruiting staff of the University of Florida. He's on the staff. He's from South Florida. He went to. He used to coach at Southridge. I won't say anything else, right? Okay. He's on Florida staff, right? He's the he 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 kind of started the kids that that are that from Palmetto that are that are at Miami right now to even consider when that Florida scuttlebutter was going on. That's how it started with him, and he flat out told me that kids that they are recruiting and Florida State is recruiting and Miami's recruiting. He flat out told me that the kids want to come to Miami, but that Norvell can out that, but that the kids can't. Manny's not a good recruiter, basically. Norvell, he said. He said some kids don't even want to go to Florida, but all three are recruiting. And he said they want to go to Miami. But but what he hears is that the kids say, but damn, the guy at Florida State recruits us better. The head coach at Florida State recruits us better than Manny does. Mm-hmm. And I'll even ask you this. I want you to answer this before I hang up. How is it that Florida State's keeping their class, keeping those all of those, keeping those two five stars and they're what are they top in recruiting right now, top five or something? Top two. I know, they haven't they done are. it yet. Now, How, I, let's not count chickens what? before they hatch. There, they haven't kept them in yet. Oh, Signing okay, day is not okay. for five six what, what, weeks. Oh, but, six okay, weeks. Well, okay. Well, okay, right. But how are they able to even stay where they are now, with the with the worst program, a worse record than Miami had? How is that happening? They're they're clearly doing a good job in some way. Because we need, because like I told you, we should fire Manny today. And you keep saying no, I keep saying yes because it, it will at least tell kids. He it's like I say the there. same thing every week. It, it's not that I'm saying no, don't replace Manny. I'm saying that there was no value in doing it in the middle of the season. They could still make the same decision in three weeks, whether the record's eight and four, but seven you, and five. It doesn't matter. But the, the but what you're they just got, they just got to make the decision. But you keep leaving – Gary, this is the only thing you keep leaving out. You keep leaving out that the kids, when they look see, – see, you keep talking about what Miami can do, and you're right about what Miami can do, right? But you're leaving out of the equation 
the perception that the kids are having about the program. When you get rid of Manny, it changes the perception of the kids. Now the kids' perception is that of what USC has going on or even that of what Florida State has, has going on. Florida State, one thing those kids know that are committed to Florida State, they know that Mike Lovell is going to be there. He ain't going nowhere. There's no scuttlebutter. There's no chat about him being fired or replaced. It's not the same at Miami. And with Miami, every kid understands they don't know if that guy's going to be there or if he ain't going to be there. If you get rid of him, he's not there. Now, But now, aren't they still waiting to see who is going to be there? It's the same thing. Some of it, some of you know, how the same thing because some of them, some of them, some of them are, some of them have committed to other programs because they don't know. Miami was in it for so many kids, man. Some yeah, of them look, have already Shamar, it. Shamar Stewart sorry. has already said he's not doing anything till February. Okay. Oh, I, uh, I told you. Oh, I told listen, you. I told, I told you he wants to come to Miami. He wants to come. I here. understand. So, huh. it, it, so, so my point is that it doesn't matter whether you're replacing Manny in September or November or December. You're still going to get your chance to recruit that kid. He's the best recruit in South Florida. Um, you know, you can go right down the list. Uh, you know, Earl Little at Heritage is being Niger- recruited by Mario yeah. at Oregon. He's been to Oregon twice. Yeah, Niger- like, like Niger- what do you think? Niger- he's, Niger- what do you think's going to happen? What do you think's going to happen there if Mario comes to Miami? Like, you know, Niger- it, it's not a big Niger- deal. Niger- like, like none of this is a big deal. It's like it's really not. Niger- and, I, that's, and that's what I keep trying to tell you guys. It's it's not. It's a it's like it doesn't matter. Six and six, seven and five, eight and four. They either are going to make a move or not make a move. It's the same decision. Nigel Lee Kelly. I mean, I don't. I don't. If it was another a decision, one, and how come U.S. No, no, I'm telling you what he said. Nigel Lee Kelly said said straight up he would go to Oregon. He said that he said well his mom, who's in charge and it, like, like I said, Gary, I wish I could talk to you on the phone and you, I can tell you like the people that I know and talk to, then you really understand who, you know, my connections in this community. But his mother, his Shoot mother. Shoot me an email with your number. I'll call you. Yeah, seven eight six five zero six three five zero two. Oh, I got your number. Right. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> All right. I'll call. Yeah. I'll call you tomorrow. It, yeah. Um. But his mom said, Gary, basically that. If, all, if, if Mario Cristobal recruited her son so good, revi- she said that the visit, the way that they set it up, she, listen to this. She says that when you enter Oregon, right, she says that when, you, when you're a top recruit, she said the minute you step on campus, you're, you're greeted by the entire administration and the entire coaching staff. She said it was like this huge party and this huge congratulation and like they treated her son like a royal king or something. The minute they stepped foot on the campus, she said she had never experienced anything like this. She said that it, it, it's just so far. She said, but this Mario guy recruits so well, it still has her thinking about sending her son across country. And she wants to be at every game, and she knows she can't make it because she's a teacher. I don't know if you know that or not. But her, yeah, so, yeah, so, 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 so if they bring Mario in, so it, 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 what do you think happens with him? Exactly. And, it just goes, and I'm just patting you on the back saying, once again, this fucking guy can, can recruit. He's a recruiting extraordinaire. I, I know, I know, you know? that. So, so, but Gary, remember, you, I, I know everything you said about Lane. You're talking about a guy in his 30s, man. A guy that had a lot of power. He's giving the keys to too many fast cars before he knew how to drive, and and that was that, right? Okay. Yeah, just, had, just, 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 just remember, you're you're asking Dennis, an institution to risk 36 million dollars on whoever they they hire. All right, Flex. All right. Appreciate All right. it, man. I'll try to give you a call. Talk to you later. All right, okay. man. Bye-bye. Thanks.
Let's go to the 850. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Not going to hang up this time like a damn fool. Yeah, this is Travis up here in Tallahassee. Hey, what's up, Travis? How you doing this evening? Yeah, another night, another night, man. Finally got some good weather up here. No more of these 100-degree days. Um, just wanted to, to start it off with a team matchup, though, always and forever. Uh, <laughs> he's got a he's got a cult forming. <laughs> yeah, oh, he does, he does, man. You know, we uh, we we love his opinion. But uh, I wanted to answer a couple callers' questions, and I think um, one of them is uh, Will's. Why do we hate Blake James so much? He's been there since 2013, which if you add it up, it's either eight or nine years. I don't know how that works, like um, with athletics or whatever. How many sports have happened during that? But you have, and I've said this before, it's a repeat of something I've said on your show, but you have three main sports at Miami. you got baseball, you got basketball, and you have football. And over that time span, I believe he only has two ACC victories. We have the basketball one that you were talking about earlier, and I believe the, the football one where we got blown out by uh, Clemson was under his watch. All right? So those are the two. That That's reason number one. Reason... Number, you know, 1,780, he let um, Al Golden stay for too long. Then he hired um, whatever his name is, Mark Rick. All the crap coaches you start start forgetting about. Mark Rick was a great coach who did great things for the university, but he was on the way out and probably never should have been hired in the first place, right? Um, Then he does what he does with Manny. So right there alone, uh, the baseball coach that we have now, I mean, everybody can say whatever they want. That That's a nepotism hire. You know what I mean? That's a, oh, you're a son of the bot guy? Great, great. Let's get some money in here? Cool, cool. You can be the coach of the team. Amazing. That's what we got going on with the administration in Miami. That's why he needs to be fired. He is the cancer of the program. Um, off, you were asking, you were trying to explain earlier when somebody was bringing up all these coaches, Chris Peterson, Bill O'Brien, Billy Napier, when you're thinking about a coach, the next coach of Miami, here's what you have to think about. When you're sitting in a five-star South Florida recruits room, his mom's there, who's always an important factor. His mom's there, and you're talking about presence and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Can they beat the big recruiters that come and poach our best players every year? Nick Saban, Ryan Day, whoever the – Lincoln Riley, you know, Dabo Sweeney, um, Kirby Smart. Are we hiring a coach – that can even remotely compete with that? And if the answer is no, Billy Napier, Billy, Bill O'Brien, Luke Fickle, any of these guys that people are bringing up, then need not apply. That's why I'm also on the train. If you ain't hiring Mario Cristobal, you might as well just keep Manny Diaz because it, it literally means nothing. Yeah, what are you, yeah you're going to invest the $30, 35000000 in a, in, a, in a guy that, that doesn't – give you a conviction that he can be that dude here? Like, I wouldn't. No, I mean, no. I can see, I can listen, in, in all fairness about Lane, guy. like Lane Kiffin, and I know everyone, you know, there are a lot of guys, a lot of people like him. I mean, I can I can see why, like, at least he brings something to the table. Now, would I be writing the, risking a $35 million check on what I know about him and 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 his his, his issues when he's not in that square on Saturday afternoons, I wouldn't. Right. Not with the University of Miami's money, I wouldn't. But no, you know. and, and we're the University of Miami. You're, you're going to hire Lane and not think that the NCAA is going to be watching us like the Hawks. 
You know what I mean? I'm, just like if we hired Hugh Freeze, same thing. They're going to watch us like a hawk. There's certain people that we just can't hire, and Lane Kiffin happens to be one of those people. We just we just can't as a as an athletic department. And he would be my number two. I actually agree with Flex. He would be because when you break it down to the criteria that I said, can he sit in the South Florida living room and command the presence like you're talking about and actually compete with a Nick Saban? Yeah, Lane Kiffin can from time to time. He ain't going to win them all. He, yeah, he, he might, he might he be got a shot. from time to time. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, but but he's, like I said, the NCAA would be all over us. We, we just we can't move in, in that way. Um, something I want to go back to an earlier caller. Um, I think it was – I forget his name now. He was from L.A. He was – I think he was trying to bring up Peter. another podcast, right? That was Peter. Uh, what was the name? Peter. Peter. Yeah, okay. Peter um, from L.A., yeah. yeah that was exactly – yeah, Peter from L.A. I think he listens to – we all listen to all the podcasts. I mean, no offense. I hope it don't break your heart or nothing. But if you're a Miami fan, we're listening to them all. We want everybody's opinion. You know, we want any how, little how bit of news that we get. <laughs> I barely have the time hey. to do our own, much less listen to any other ones. <laughs> hey, and we appreciate your time, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, and no, I still no got to say, the Good Morning Kane Sport is the, is the brightest thing that you ever did. I, I love waking up and, and watching that in the morning. But um, I'm I think glad, he was I'm listening like to a, uh, another podcast, and it was the – you know who it is. It was the guy that asked the question to Manny about, about Blake James and about whether that's hindered his recruiting and everything like that. But he didn't take it far enough. So this is – on the podcast, he got into it a little bit further. And what he said was basically, so if – Miami wins out, like we all think they probably will, right? And it's an 8-4 and four team, and our administration isn't known for making the tough decision or putting on their big pants, big boy pants, like you were saying. They got skinny jeans, remember, Gary? Um, <laughs> that basically what would happen in that situation is that if they kept Manny because they won out, they, they were like, okay, well, you get another year, you went 8-4, and four, good job, you know, the team responded to you, we believe in what you're selling. Well, they have to get rid of Blake James at that point because he threw him under the bus, tried to uh, distance himself from him, and has made recruiting worse so that next year his team won't be as good as it was this year. And there's no point in keeping a lame duck coach because if you don't address the issue, basically what he was saying is you have to give him an extension because that's the only way you can show recruits in the 2023 or whatever recruiting cycle that is that I am, you know, a viable coach. Mm-hmm. Would you, I explain that in a terrible way? It's uh, kind of cold outside. I'm shivering a little bit. But uh, that, that it actually makes a ton of sense. Like, if, if they in any way decide to go ahead and keep Manny for the next year, they almost have to give him an extension because of what Blake James did. And by circumstance or extension, they have to fire Blake James, which is my number one thing. I could give a crap about Manny Diaz because whoever the next AD is is going to end up firing him anyway. So, like, I don't worry about – you don't see me saying fire Manny Diaz on your every post that you make on Facebook. You see me say fire Blake James because he's the guy that's got to go. So do you agree with that scenario that if he wins out and they decide to keep him and all that, that they would almost have to give him an extension and fire Blake James. Do you, do you see that as a scenario that could unfold? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, I mean, I personally think that Blake's in a little bit of trouble. And, you know, I, I think that if you're talking about 
the University of Miami athletic program and taking it to the next level and making it a modern day enterprise and everything else. I don't know that that's in Blake James's wheelhouse. I think you need uh, you need something different. And I think so we all know if, that it's not in Blake James's wheelhouse. Yeah, so like if that's what you're talking about doing and you're going to start putting more money into athletics and you're going to try to build the modern-day athletic department that, you know, from a branding standpoint, from an NIL standpoint and all the things that are going into it, uh, hiring better coaches, spending more money and all those things, I'm just not sure that's in his wheelhouse. So uh, I think ultimately that, you know, he's in trouble regardless. I think that – the whole thing about him saying what he said a few weeks ago, killing recruiting is total baloney. Uh, recruiting was no place before. It was already said, dead. It was already yeah. dead. Yes, that's a bunch of nonsense. Um, recruiting is no different today than it was a month ago. Uh, again, if I'm Manny and I'm trying to keep my job, I see why he would spin it like that. I'm not knocking Manny on that either. Uh, but, yeah, that's a bunch of nonsense. Recruiting is no different today than it was a month ago. Do you, do you think there's more of a division between them two now where they're not oh, no like you know, tied at the hip and best buds? No, there's no doubt there's a little division. I mean, listen, you got two guys desperately trying to keep their jobs. <laughs> so they're saying and doing whatever they think is going to help them do that. And I don't know what made Blake think that doing those media things a few weeks ago uh, was going to help him in any way. But he got, if somebody advised him to do that, he got some very bad advice because that was a freaking well, he debacle. threw all his chips in on that. That you know man, that was a debacle. Man, that was that terrible. Virginia game, then yeah, it was over. You know, Manny would have been out the door right after that. Yeah, I don't know, but that was a debacle. I, what I heard was that there was never any intention to fire Manny during the season. But no, well, then if know. that was the case, then he should have kept his mouth shut because that is yeah, there was no reason to do point. what he did. No reason to do what he did. What they didn't want to do is start throwing all kinds of money in the garbage with interim coaches and this and that. And you know, they wanted to get, they wanted to be organized and get their ducks in a row, and and that's what they've been doing. I have no issues, well, see, like I said, with anything I've been seeing and hearing. See, this, it still always goes back to screw the interim coach thing. You don't have to do that. You still could have did what LSU did. Could have let him finish out. But, but but where's it got in LSU? Quite frankly, like think about it. Like what? What? So what? All right. So so everybody knows Orgeron is out at the end of the year. So what? So yeah. Like, well, what recruits is, know what? that they're they're going to be hiring somebody better than Ned Orgeron. Right, but they can't recruit right those now, recruits no one now because they have no idea who the coach is anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it maybe slows down their plans. You know, these kids are fickle, man. I mean, yeah. it just, the moment they somebody comes up to them and gives them something slight, they're like, hey, you don't know what's going to happen in Miami, but we got the spot here. They're filling up quick. Boom! I'm Listen, going to we just talked a few minutes ago. I think it might have been with you. Uh, I, I, it might have been with Flex. I, I don't know, but but we just talked about all the blue chip kids from South Florida that would come to Miami if there was a coaching change. Like, these kids, like, yeah, right now it looks like Shamar Stewart's going to Texas A&M. But if Mario Cristobal comes to Miami, that might change real fast, right? So it doesn't matter. Well, it the, it doesn't but, matter. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. If he's in the uh, playoff, then he won't be playing his final game until after December, right? So the early signing uh, period will be totally no. screwed. And the only person if, we know of he could take, until February is Shamar. He could accept the Miami job, and he could still coach the team for the playoffs. It would, that, yeah, that, yes, would be the, could, that would that, that would be good for everybody. That would be good it. for Oregon too, because Oregon could could get about their business of replacing them. Also, it doesn't mean he couldn't coach okay. the team for the playoffs. 
No, it doesn't. Playoffs it, it the playoffs not till the end of way. December. The playoffs at the end of the month. You got a month. Three and a half weeks, three weeks, right. whatever. Like, there's no reason that – Yeah, but that, generally they don't like people being in their front office, you know, recruiting for, let, let's say, Miami in this instance while they're coaching the team. You know what I mean? Yeah, and but you're not going to tell a coach you can't coach in the college football after. playoff. I, 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 listen, it would all work itself out. If, if Mario were going to leave Oregon, isn't it in Oregon's best interest to know that sooner than later? You know, there, it's like yeah, – it's yeah. It's For sure, because there's interest. so many teams out there trying to get a coach right now. Of course, it's in their best interest. They, of they have to be. Yeah, everybody wants the the jump start. Of course, yeah, because I mean, you you got big name college, which is also scary. That's that's kind of another reason why people need to chill out with stuff because it, it kind of is Mario or bust. Like all those other guys are going to be going to these other schools. At least PJ Flex off the market with his seven year extension, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. I think I saw. So, uh, yeah, that, that's basically – I guess i give you a little rundown. So, uh, I, I guess Jordan Travis, this was his first day practicing with the team. Yep. He's finally not yep. sick. Nobody yep. in this town – I'm an Uber driver in Tallahassee, man. Nobody feels good. They uh, they think we're going to whoop them. We're going to dominate them. We're, we're going to just be yeah. going to embarrass them. So, uh, we'll that, see. that's the mood in Tallahassee. Like, they're, they're not feeling good about this. We'll see. So, uh, but, yeah. I mean, they beat North Carolina, which has a pretty good offense. Yeah, but for, they so, they beat them like what two years in a row, right? When North yeah. Carolina, but but they did it. They did yards. it. I mean, they they played. Uh, I mean, they played Clemson. You know, down down to the wire. I mean, this is a team that's capable of putting a game together. Oh, for sure. Not Clemson. For I sure. meant Notre Dame. It, it, they they played Notre Dame it, down to the wire. Clemson. They had a really yeah, that tight was, game. That was with, a half. I had to watch it with my roommate. That was. Yeah, it's not that but, good. But they're a total rushing team, you know, and we we're pretty good against the rush. They can't pass, are we? Which you know we're really compared compared to where are you pass, getting that? Where are you getting that from? I just out of curiosity. Uh, just just watching just watching games. Like we're better against the rush. Than you mean like the North Carolina game last year where they ran for five hundred and something yards? Yeah, talking this year. With you a know, defensive I mean, with a defensive line plays. that's with a defensive line that's better than the defensive line this year, you know what? Here's here's what happens is is you and I'm not blaming you or anybody, but to me, what happens is people lose sight of matchups. It's all about matchups week to week. What great rushing team has Miami played this year? Outside of outside uh, of maybe Bama. Uh, I mean Michigan yeah, State. Michigan did you State see, did you see what that running back and... at Michigan State did to our defense? Yeah, he shredded them. But that was early yeah. in the year. I think we're a lot no, better. Well, it, well, it's not about early in the, in the year. It, it's it's right? about matchups. It's about matchups. They had a decent offensive line. They had a running back that was an elite running back. He made us look silly, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah, North no, Carolina absolutely. passing team, Pittsburgh passing team. Uh, I don't even know what to begin to call Georgia Tech. But, you know, they hit some running mm-hmm. plays the other day. Um, yeah, that kid was clearly hurt. <laughs> like, uh-uh. if he wasn't the drunk thing that you're saying or going out, the quarterback, on Friday, there's something wrong with him. Yeah, yeah, because I've watched Jeff Sims and he was not nah, a good he, quarterback. He, he, he's not. Yeah, great, he didn't even he, try to run. He didn't. He he was not even close to being the same Jeff Sims. So he, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, yeah, but I'm just talking about matchups against the running game. We are weak on the defensive line and and, and weak at linebacker. Now you tell me that a good you running football team can't expose our, the, the defense. Uh, 
Oh, they certainly can. All right, we'll answer this real quick before you let me go. Are we a better? Are we better against the pass, or are we better against the run? Against the pass. Overall, as a team this year, you think the pass? Because I, I yeah. feel like those 500 yards that we keep giving up each. I mean, like Pitt, those like 500 yards of passing. We held mm-hmm. them to under 100 yards rushing, I think. Yeah, but they don't run the ball very much. They were throwing it. What the guys throwing? 50, 50. Kenny Pickett threw 52 Some, times in that game, or something. Yeah, some stupid amount of times. I mean, it's matchups, but, uh, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's matchups. All right, Travis, well, let me we'll let you run, man. Week. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for the call. You got it, man. Bye-bye. Have a great night. Uh, let's go back out to the 854. All of our Tallahassee Canes fans calling in tonight. You're live on Canesport Live. Gary, what's going on? Doing great. Who's this? Hey, this is Dwayne Tien. Hey, what's I up, Dwayne? agree with you what you think. I agree with what you're saying about Mario, and I agree also about not just throwing money in the bank on a coach, you know, for um, for change. You know, if we don't get Mario, I think, first of all, I think the administration need to make a decision how serious they want to be about football. I think that's the first and most important step. If they're going to pump money into the program, then it needs to be overhauled from top to bottom. I think the last. I agree. I, I totally get... agree with you. So let me ask you a question. So if they come out and in a, a month from now and they replace Blake James and then they they go out and they lure Mario, they're they're, they're making a statement to you, right? Right. I would agree. You're like, damn. Now we're serious, right? Now, freaking now sa- we're serious. And freaking now... South Florida is insane over University of Miami football, what? right? They they can't freaking wait to see where this thing goes, right? I agree 100%. Now let's say they do the opposite and do nothing. What happens? If they don't if they don't do nothing, then then we we probably going to just be a middle of the road program. So and everybody's, well and just, everybody's pissed as hell, right? The whole damn town is pissed. Everybody that cares about Miami yeah. football is pissed. The donors don't want to donate anymore. They don't want to go to games anymore, which they haven't been this this year, by the way. All the top donors on boosters in this program haven't come close to a, to going on the road with the team this year. Um, it's a whole different deal, right? And and and, every, and everybody's sitting there saying that the University of Miami is not serious about winning. It's not serious about winning. You know, I think they gonna, don't have a choice. Gonna, That's what I, I agree with you, but. But they're gonna have what 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 at what level of commitment do they make? That's the key to all this. What level of commitment? I agree that's, with what you're saying because they could they can go they can go middle of the road and we can twill our thumbs like with Manny or whoever you know you know those type coaches and they try to go on the cheap end, or do they spend the money and get a top tier coach and pay the salaries of assistants? Because Listen, we've always. If, if, if we go back to the history of Miami, we've always done everything on the cheap end. And it works out in sometimes and and sometimes it don't. The times that it don't work out, it takes us forever to recover. But when it works out, you go with the Bush, the Jimmy, those guys took the job and they ran with it. Like you said, they own the town. I agree with you. They own the town. But they were talent evaluated, they put good staff together. But when you operate in today's um, society with you can't operate on the cheap level because you let's take I don't think they're looking the to operate on the cheap level anymore. I think they right. understand that. I, I think they understand. I think they understand that. 
And I think they're I think they're ready. I think they're ready to do it the right way. I really do. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. I think they're ready to do it the right way. I think they don't have a choice. I, I think that if you, if, if you just take a look at what I just laid out there, now let's go forward. Recruiting. Right. What does recruiting look like with the status quo as opposed to the change that everybody's talking about? Well, we just said that the, the three top players from South Florida, Shamar Stewart, Nigel E. Kelly, Earl Little, would suddenly probably be coming to Miami. I agree. I, I definitely do. Hey, or at Wesley Bissane's. Probably we could become a Miami. Right. We will at least have a 60% or 70% chance to get them. We have yeah. probably. Now, let me throw something else out at you. That guy's been recruiting all the top players all over the country because that's what they do right. in Oregon. They don't, they don't putz around and be a non-player on the national landscape in recruiting. They're going after the best player in almost every damn state. Well, right. So this guy's got relationships with every one of them. He's been talking to them on the phone every week for the for two years. We're and, not even and, a player. Miami is not a player right now in recruiting on a national level. Not even in the conversation. I agree like, with you. I agree do you with understand you what the difference? This what a different program this becomes. The second that you will yourself to go do that. And I'm again, I feel terrible because it, it probably sounds like I'm. Uh, disrespecting Manny or whatever, Manny can't even begin to run this program at the level that it would be operating under if the president's office summons the will in the next three weeks to move. And it could be this the whole thing could be fixed in a day or two. And that's now, why I'm so that's why I'm so passionate about it because I realize that. And we could go through every single level of this thing. We just went through two of them, recruiting and then the overall right. general mood and, and attitude about the program. And it was cured, it was cured yesterday with one hire. With, with, with two hires, probably. It was, with two hires. It was upgraded. And also, I think, I think the athletic director, has, he has to go. You know. Well, you know, I don't know that he can operate the athletic program at the level it's going to have to go to. I don't know that he can and that's, do that. That's, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm agreeing on. That he can't because look at the past when we won championships. We had a great athlete. We had a great athletic director who recognized talent, who was ahead of ahead of the game. Now we've been getting middle role athletic directors. They their their job is basically fundraising. So they're going to be excellent at fundraising, hiring coaches. If you look across the board on Miami athletic department. We're subpar all across the board. I mean, let's take let's take Coach um, Coach Jim Larinaga out of it because of he he was behind the a ball. He's probably the the better coach out of all our major sports mm-hmm. that we have on board. Yeah, the only problem with Jim is he's starting to get older now. You know, it's going to get tougher and, and tougher. Older. But but I say that. But they may get a commitment from a kid tomorrow that'll give them a, a, a top fifteen probably recruiting class. Right, and he—that's the only coach that we have that's above average. Everybody else is average or below. And you—you—and you, I was listening at, and listening what you're saying. 
that we have nobody in the department that ever have won a championship. So how can Stevie Wonder lead Way Charles if they've never won one? How are they going to say, well, this is the direction we need to go? Because they've never been there before. Mm-hmm. So we're just the, the department is just filling around in the dark, and no disrespect to them because I think they're probably doing the best job that they can do to the level that they know how to do it. You, you, Mario, Mario went to Alabama, and I was so so about him, but he learned from the best. If you look at the tree that Saban has produced, those guys are winning. They go and learn on the Saban, and they take his program. Let's take the, the guy down there at, at um, Georgia. It took him a while to keep going. He's built up. He's built a great defense. The only question that I got: Do you think Mario would keep um, keep our offensive coordinator? No. You don't think so? I don't. I I think if it, it, I I think there would be a, 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 a sweeping changes. I could think of a you know a few guys in the recruiting office maybe. Um, right. I think Feely would have a chance to stick. You know, right. maybe you know right. maybe somebody like maybe maybe a, a Stephen Field who worked for Mario at Oregon, but like I don't I don't think that they would keep too many. Right. We definitely need a we, we definitely Manny's not going to hire one, but we need a we need another approach from when we came from with Golden with the. The, the the passive defense, Manny was an upgrade over that. But was he elite defensive coordinator? No. He was a middle-of-the-road defensive coordinator. So he was better than what we had, but he's not the one to get us to the point we need. We can't play any defense. All the, the great Miami teams, they play defense. That's all I have, Gary. And I, and all I right, man. The, appreciate talking to you. You Thank, can leave me on. I enjoy it. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, guys, I'm going to finish off here with some rapid fire, um, going through some of the topics and questions that were submitted on the on the canesport.com message board for the show. Um, can Manny turn this season around and win the fans back? I mean, I think he's already turning the season around. He's won three in a row. I don't know that it's possible that he'll win the fans back. I mean, have, have you heard anybody on this show tonight that would suggest that he can win the fans back. I don't. I don't think that that's. Uh, I don't think that's doable. Um, thoughts on recruiting? I think I've been pretty clear on that. Uh, recruiting is absolutely no place. Uh, will the FSU game make a difference at this point in recruiting? Maybe a little bit. I mean, like you know, it could it could have an effect on a kid like a Wesley the Saints maybe. But in the grand scheme of things, recruiting is pretty much no place and. I don't see that changing in the next month. Um, let's see. Um, how how do I compare Miami's inaction approach behind the scenes to that of USC, LSU, Nebraska, Washington, Texas Tech, Florida? Um, are those schools reactionary? Uh, well, I mean, Dan Mullen was reactionary in getting rid of his defensive coordinator, but I think that was going to happen anyway. They had to find some scapegoat in Gainesville. Mullen's got a $12 million buyout. I don't think they're about to pay it uh, unless he decides to go to the NFL or something. I think he'll stick at Florida. So they had to sell something no different than Miami changing up the coaching staff the last two years. It's all a 
it's all a, a mind, you, you know what, four-letter word that I'm not going to use here out of respect, but like um, that's, that's all most of this stuff is. It's all like mental games that they play with their fan bases. Um, I would make the argument that USC and LSU accomplished absolutely nothing doing what they're doing. Okay, woohoo. So everybody knows that USC is going to get a new coach. So what? Like, how many kids are going to commit to go to USC having no clue who the coach is? You know, how many kids are going to go to LSU right now having no clue who the coach is? You're still going to have to go through the process in a few weeks anyway. So, you know, to me, what difference does it it make really? Um, Let's see. It seems like Blake, the Board of Trustees, and the President have had their head in the sand for 18 years and have no clue what urgency is and why in any business you can't sit back on your heels. I think that these guys that are heading this up for the President, I think they do have a clue what urgency is. I think they do understand that in business you can't sit back on your heels. I think the people that are advising them understand that in business you can't sit back on your heels. And I think we're going to find out in a few weeks what that means. Um, Like I said, I don't know what the end game is going to be. um, But I have reported on a lot of this. There's there's a few things I haven't reported on because if I did, it would be real problematic, quite frankly, and uh, would screw up a lot of people, and I'm not looking to do that. But, like, I think that these guys have the right idea and I think they're going about it the right way. And we will find out where that leads them. And I don't have the answer to where it's going to lead them, but I do like what I am seeing, seeing and hearing. And I think they do have a clue about urgency. And I think they do have a clue about business. You can't sit back on your heels. Now, if eight and four, seven and five is what they want, then I guess we know where they stand. That's not what they, I don't think that's what anybody wants. Um, I don't. Um, the issue right now is what what can they do about it in a very short time frame? So we're going to see. Like we don't know. Let me tell you something. We could sit here and talk all night about Mario, like we have, and that's you know. I mean, I talk about Mario because I have such a conviction on this, and you guys know who have been listening to me know I've had it for more than just the last few weeks. I mean, I had the I had the conviction on it three years ago when Manny was hired, and look at what's happened. Mario won back-to-back Pac-12 titles. He won the Rose Bowl. He's recruiting at as high a level as anybody in the country at Oregon, and he would have more to work with at Miami. And I'm not talking about beautiful facilities. I'm talking about the the greatest resource of talent in the, in the country, right down the street. Do you have any idea how Mario has to forget about him? How he has to wear out his coaching staff recruiting that every single player that they have to go see, they have to get on a plane. And and take all that time and travel and all that. You don't have to do that at Miami. Half your recruits are within driving distance of campus. Um, it seems like the 2021 recruits had a love for Manny. They banded together in a COVID year, and Manny did a great job of taking advantage of what he had to work with last year in that the Leonard Taylors, the Cam Kinchins, the Romello Brinsons, the James Williamses, they weren't out taking trips. You know, the COVID, COVID was a game changer in 2021. Coaches couldn't come to see them. 
The relationships couldn't be built. It was a whole different deal. Now you're back to a normal year this year or let's say a more normal year, and you're seeing everything go back to the way it was. Uh, That tells you that the problem didn't really go away last year. It was always there. The problem stayed, and it's and it's back this year. And right now, Miami football recruiting is pretty much no place. So that's uh, I, that, that'll 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 pretty much sum up all the questions that were submitted on the message boards. Uh, I think we've covered enough tonight. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Great calls, great conversation. Um, We'll see what happens this Saturday. I'm expecting, like I said, another really, real, real tight game that goes into the fourth quarter, just like all these ACC games. And uh, I think Florida State's going to give the Hurricanes a tough game. I uh, hope I'm wrong. Never, you know, you, you love those games where the Canes run all over Florida State. Pattern doesn't suggest that's what's going what's to happen. So we'll see. Florida State's better than Georgia Tech. Okay, and you saw what happened against Georgia Tech at home. It found a way to be close. So we'll see what happens. All right, I want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back here next week with another Cane Sport Live. Uh, you've got us every morning. Good morning, Cane Sport. And let me tell you something before we go home tonight. Do not miss the Lamar Thomas show tomorrow night. I think it's going to be epic. Uh, we're going to have some Florida State players, alumni on, uh, Miami alumni, and uh, the first segment of the show, we'll have some current players as well uh, on the show. It should be a great Lamar Thomas show tomorrow night. So thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time.